Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Everybody's going to pay. <laughs> hey everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. And out in the night out, you're tuning in to Wrestle Talk, 657-383-1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews for professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lance. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Ladies and gentlemen, this week the professional wrestling business lost a legend, an icon, a mentor, a friend, a father. And then all around amazing guy in Harley Race. Harley Race was a guy that pulled no punches. He was a mentor towards many, many, many professional wrestlers. Even after he retired from professional wrestling, he still was involved in it as a manager. As you know, you would see him at the WLW shows. Our very own Renee Martinez has had the opportunity to meet Harley Race a couple of times, and he's had nothing but good things to say about him. So, ladies and gentlemen, we would like the Wrestle Talk podcast would like to send its condolences and thoughts and prayers to the family of Harley Race. This past week, the world of sports entertainment lost a legend. Introducing, from Kansas City, Missouri, Harley Race. Harley Race's career was one decorated in championship gold as he held the NWA World Heavyweight Championship an astonishing eight times. Anybody that faced Harley Race when he was the world champion, you knew that you were in for a real fight. Harley was a workhorse. He was very proud of that championship. You're walking in against a man that has survived every obstacle that's ever been thrown in front of me. Harley engaged in epic title versus title clashes with WWE champions superstar Billy Graham and Bob Backlund. Right here, Daddy, is the Muhammad Ali of it all. But is perhaps best remembered for his epic rivalry with the nature boy Ric Flair. The single toughest, most intense wrestler I've ever been in the ring with in my entire life. Harley would join the WWE in 1986 and go on to win King of the Ring, after which he would nobly refer to himself as King Harley Race. I crown you the King, handsome Harley Race. I 
I've listened to Hall of Famers tell story after story about the toughness and the skill that Harley Race possesses. That's what makes him one of the greatest superstars of all time. After an illustrious 25-year in-ring career, Harley retired from competition in 1990 and began managing for WCW's Lex Luger and Vader, leading them both to WCW World Championships. And in 2004, Harley Race would take his rightful place in the WWE Hall of Fame. I've been an extremely blessed human being. God gave me the talent to work in this business. And there's not a better spot on earth than under those bright lights. Harley Race, one of the baddest dudes to ever step in a ring, a legitimate tough guy, and a guy that every single buddy in the whole business had nothing but high regard and total respect for. Harley Race passed away this past week at the age of 76. We at WWE send our deepest sympathies to his family and loved ones. Harley Race will forever be remembered by his WWE family as a friend, a mentor, and a champion. Somber week, a holy race passed away. I knew he was in bad health, and uh, it's always sad when somebody passes away, but you always think about the good things. And, you know, like the times that I remember seeing Harley Race when he wrestled the, the junkyard dog and him being a manager and, and whatnot. And then Renee Ma Martinez has stories about meeting Harley Race. Uh, why don't you tell us one of your your stories about meeting Harley Race, Renee? Well, uh, take this moment to welcome everybody into episode uh, 258 of the Wrestle Talk podcast with Joe and Renee. And yeah, I'd be more than happy to to share that with everybody, Joe. Um, I've told this story a few times. I don't know if I've ever told it on the air. So when I was younger, I was probably in my mid to, mid to early 20s. I traveled from Kansas City to Florida, and mm-hmm. I went down there to take care of some business. I came back up, and I remember being in the Fort Lauderdale airport, and I'm walking through the airport. I've got my sweater because I'm coming up, you know, I'm coming back to the Midwest during the winter time. I've got a book in my backpack, and I'm walking down, and I look over to my right, and none other than Ray Lewis, the Hall of Fame linebacker for – the Baltimore Ravens is sitting there, and I'm nervous as all get out, bro, but I build up the nerve to go up and say hello, and what really stuck with me about that meeting was that his hand, even though at that point I was, you know, 20-something, so I'm, I'm almost in my full man body at that point, his hand absorbed my hand, and I could feel the tempered power in the man's hand, 
And that moment mm-hmm. stuck with me for a long time. And I never, I never experienced it before then. And then I got to experience it one other time after that. And that was when I got an opportunity. That's when I got an opportunity to meet Harley Race. My son and I made the trip over to Troy, which is where the WLW training facility is at, which also dubs as, um, as the event center for them. So we walk up, we're in line. I think Ted DiBiase is there as well, which is where we got that clip uh, that you guys hear at the beginning of the show. And then, of course, we interviewed him um, shortly after that. But it happened again when I shook Harley Race's hand. Now, mind you, when I shook Ray Lewis's hand, he was probably in his, you know, late 30s, early 40s, like just on the brink of retirement. Harley Race was in his late 60s when I met him and I shook his hand. So just think about me comparing and contrasting one of the biggest, baddest, nastiest dudes in NFL history who was just out of his prime to a guy that hadn't wrestled in 20 years. That's how imposing and incredibly strong Harley Race was probably until the day that we lost him. There's not a lot of guys that make that impression on me, bro. I'm a little bit over six feet tall, 300 pounds, so I'm not a small guy either. But, dude, getting a chance to be in the presence of a legend and then just feeling it, even though he was so far beyond his prime, you just look at that dude and you're like, yeah, that dude was probably one of the baddest dudes on the planet in his prime. It's like you, you might look sure. at, a, at, a, at a woman that's, you know, beyond her prime, maybe 50 or 60, and you go, hey, you know, I bet she was a – she was pretty lady when she was younger. Dude, the same could be said about Harley Race. My son's got these memories of going to WLW and, and seeing and meeting Harley and, and having the opportunity to be in the presence of a legend. And, and I'll yes. just go ahead and leave it by saying this. He was the first guy that I met that I think was a true blue pro wrestling legend as I started my path down this pro wrestling roller coaster, dude. It's something that will stick with me forever, and I hope that many others will share similar memories of Harley Race that they may have had, whether from meeting him in person or from watching him on TV. I want to go ahead and open it up today to anybody who wants to share, get anything off their chest concerning their thoughts on Harley Race, anybody from the St. Louis area, anybody from Kansas City, anybody from beyond uh, this, this, uh, this region who would love to chime in uh, or wants to chime in and give us their parting thoughts on the legendary Harley race. We would love to have you. We'll be sharing that phone number with you guys in just a matter of moments, but Jonesy, man, I love that introduction. Um, Kudos to you for putting that together, man. And it's tough to start a show like this, but you got to give the man his due. We got so much other stuff to do and talk about. We could have skipped right over it, but dude, it wouldn't be right. You know what I mean? We met him in person, Mm -hmm. Leland race who runs WLW, has been a guest on the show. We've had many of the wonderful stars like Lucy Mendez and Mark Sterling and John Webb and Alpha Omega and Rex. I mean, we've had a lot of great dealings with the fine folks at WLW, and, and we owe Harley Race and them the respect to make sure that we kick off tonight's show, even though in a somber mood, but still giving the respect that they and Harley specifically have so, so absolutely earned. Those are my thoughts, Jonesy. Absolutely, yeah. It, 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 he was a um, amazing, 
um, 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 amazing wrestler, uh, so we, we definitely want to pay uh, homage to him. But, yeah, we, we do have a amazing show tonight. You know, uh, episode 258, sir. We got the Shoot and Shout segment, the Hotspot segment, the Wrestling Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge, the Fantasy Wrestling segment, the Snippets of Truth, and if that's not enough, we have the professionals making their return to the Rest of Talk podcast with Joan Renee. And then for the first time, we have a gentleman that is a legend in my eyes. A, a, a guy that has wrestled multiple people has, you know, it, I used to watch him when I was a kid uh, wrestling with the WWF at the time. The one and only Barry Horowitz, which I can guarantee you that is going to be an amazing, amazing, amazing interview. I'm excited. Well, bro, you want to talk about excitement. You're absolutely right, Jonesy. We're going to have a great show today. But I want to share this with everybody because um, I think there may be kind of like this um, ah, what's the word I want to use, bro? There may be this like perception that the Wrestle Talk podcast goes as the, the guest goes. And what I mean by that is there's an assumption that we do far better when we have a big name on the show. And let me go ahead and set the record straight so we can kick off this show properly. See, this past weekend, your boy got the, uh, the, the, the privilege of being your lead commentator over at XWE in Salina. I had an absolutely mm-hmm. wonderful time. I love the folks over there. Uh, from Mr. Curtis to Billy and the rest of the gang over there, I feel just absolutely, uh, actually kind of surprised to be embraced the way that I've been embraced by the XWE. It's actually kind of a little bit of a different experience than I've had anywhere else, though I've got no complaints because I'm very privileged to have been where I've been. But the the live that we did last week, Jonesy, with Kit Reaver is currently sitting at 1.8. K with views. Nice. That's 1,800 views from Wednesday to Wednesday, and that is just on our Facebook Live platform. So if anybody's operating in the assumption that we only do well when we get big-name guests, wrong. Because Kid Reaver, as great as he is, and he is an absolutely amazing talent, you guys need to go to YouTube and check out his first match against Malico which yours truly is on commentary. Thank you very much. The dude is legit. Through and through, everybody in this area knows who he is, and pretty soon people across the country, maybe even the world, are going to know who this guy is. Okay? But, bro, 1.8K for a guy that really nobody outside this area knows yet. And that is kudos to the wonderful and amazing supporters of the Russell Talk Podcast. Guys, I know we're always pimping the mugs. We're always telling you about the upcoming events. And we appreciate you guys that support us on that level. But if you're just here and you're watching and you share this and you give us the thumbs up, that goes a long way with us as well. So to all the people that have already popped in, uh, Kit, hey, what's up, man? We are just talking about you. Travis, Brent, uh, Jeff Wilson, Justin Pritchard, uh, Dewan, Kyle, and a few other people that I can't see anymore because those have all disappeared. But thank you guys for being here. If you took the time to check us out even for a moment, do us a favor and please share this broadcast because we love bringing our perspective of professional wrestling to you every single Wednesday right here 
at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. I wanted to get that off my chest, Do You want to go ahead and kick off the rest of the show or what, baby? Absolutely. And you know what, B? Before we do, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and we're going to go ahead and do this. And I'll, I'll talk about this during high spots because there was something specific that I wanted to talk about. But we can talk about it during high spots. So, well, you know what, Jonesy? Let, let's um, let's amp it up a whole other level. I want my folks of the FWWC to know that the phone lines are open to you guys the whole first hour. Yes, we have the professionals. Yes, we have the high spot segment. But if you got heat, this is SummerSlam week for the FWWC. That's the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion. So this week and this week only, if you guys want to come on, the whole first hour is open to you. Just make sure if you come on during the professionals, you be courteous and polite. You say hello to them, ask a question, make a comment, then make your statement on the way out. We want to hear from as many people from the FWWC as possible. You guys already know the number, but for those of you who just want to come on and talk pro wrestling with us, or you just want to talk to the professionals, we've made it really easy for you guys. You can hit us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. But really, the best way to get a hold of the Wrestle Talk podcast is live by dialing this number. That's 657 383 1521. That's 657 383 1521. We will push you to the front of the line and you will get on and you can talk anything revolving around the pro wrestling world with us right now. Live, ladies and gentlemen. Dial that number right now and we'll get you on and we'll talk about some pro. Rastling. Jonesy, that said, man, I think it's about that time. What do you say? I believe so. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as we always do about this time, we're going to ask everybody to please respectfully remove their caps, place their hands over their hearts as we pay homage to the greatest country on God's green earth, and that's America, damn it. to my eye every single time. Anton Timmy, let's not waste any more time. Go ahead and hit that high spot for me, sir, if you would. Earthlings, we have now taken over your radio. Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. So, this is the one thing I wanted to talk about, Renee. You talked about a gentleman by the name of Malico. And recently, I saw my first ever Malico promo. And let me tell you something. That was the best damn promo I have ever (laughs) seen. That promo was absolutely amazing. The dude is creepy as hell. And I've never even seen him wrestle live, so I can only imagine what his entrance is is like. The dude is absolutely insane. I, I absolutely loved it. 
I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> well, that that's awesome, bro. And you know what? I got an opportunity. Like I said, guys, YouTube. All you got to do is look up XWE, and you can see that main event match from the last show. Um, uh, with Great American Bash is what it was uh, between Kit and Malico. But let me remind everybody, uh, we are trying to do our best to pay homage to Harley Race today, guys. Uh, so if you guys want to, if you can, dial the number, share your thoughts. If you had any experiences with Harley, if you trained with him, if you were just a fan, uh, or if you got a chance to meet him at one of the events, we want you to dial that number, guys, one more time. It's 657-383-1521. And if you guys are on one of the live broadcasts on either Facebook or YouTube, do me a favor and type it out so that the other watchers and the viewers can see it. If they want to jump in and participate, we'd absolutely love to hear from you guys. But, Jonesy, aside from that, um, I have a bit of a high spots topic for us tonight. And I believe I did send a link to you uh, a little bit earlier this week, and I wanted to make sure that I didn't forget. Um, so let me find it here real quick. Um, boop, 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 boop. Sorry, guys. Oh, okay. So here's the story from our friends over at thegorillaposition.com. The story reads, and I'm going to give you guys a brief synopsis here because we are just uh, about 10, 15 minutes away from the the professionals joining us. The story leads, expect WWE to use even more part-timers going forward. I know we've had this conversation before. But it's actually happening. Jonesy, I know that you've been pretty adamant, like many others, that you are tired of seeing the old heads rear back into the main event spot. And here we go again with Brock Lesnar becoming champion. And here we go again Mm -hmm. now with Goldberg getting matches against Dolph Ziggler. And then, of course, it wasn't but the last pay-per-view Extreme Rules, where we saw The Undertaker. My question is, yes. and this same question goes out to everybody out there, the whole Wrestle Talk fam, how do you feel about the legends continuing not to be involved with the WWE? Because I think we all agree it's great to see Stone Cold and Lillian Garcia and Kurt Angle and everybody else, but some of them are being relegated to just doing the job, which I can't mm-hmm. wait to talk to Barry Horowitz about this because they've got Kurt Angle coming out and getting destroyed by The Fiend. And then two weeks ago, it was Mick Foley. So how do you guys feel about that? Are you okay with the Legends not only showing up, but also taking match spots from some of the newer talent? Or do you have a huge problem with it, and you just wish they would go away once and for all, let's see the new talent shine? And the bottom line is, I don't want to see any more Legends. What side of the fence are you guys on? We want to hear from you right now, right here on episode 258 of the Russell Talk podcast. Well, myself, I don't have a issue with the WWE bringing in the uh, the the older wrestlers, you know, as part time wrestlers. I don't have an issue with that. What I have an issue with is when they put the title on said part time wrestler. Goldberg wants to wrestle. Dolph Ziggler, I'm totally excited for that match to see what's going to happen. But I don't want to see Goldberg as the champion. And I feel that, you know, with what what was going on with, with The Fiend, I feel that it's, it's a, a way to 
build up the fiend as a legitimate nightmare challenger, uh, uh, whatever you want to to say, you know, a unstoppable force. And I actually absolutely love it. So yeah, I don't have a a issue whatsoever with Dolph Ziggler wrestling Goldberg. I don't have an issue with the Undertaker wrestling. I mean, hell, even this, but they 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 I do have an issue with Brock Lesnar being Universal Champion. But what they're doing with him and Seth Rollins is actually pretty cool because here's what happens is you got Seth Rollins who's gotten destroyed the past two Monday Night Raws. And now he's still going to face Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. So what condition is Seth Rollins going to be in? And, you know, are, are they li- they literally going to have Brock Lesnar squash Seth Rollins? Or are they going to have Seth Rollins put, in, put up a fight? What are your thoughts, Renee? Well, listen, I personally would love to see... Um, I personally would love to see... Seth Rollins defeat Brock Lesnar and bring back the Universal Championship to Monday Night Raw. And and the reason I say bring back, it's like, Night Owl, what are you talking about? It's not gone. Well, it is gone because Brock Lesnar, to Joe's point, uh, on many previous shows, Brock Lesnar is never there. So for the sake of making sure we see the championship more often, yes, I would love to see Seth Rollins once again as Universal Champion but the ratings don't lie, and there were reports out there, Jonesy, that um, geez, Louise, that during the reign, the co-reign between Kofi Kingston and Seth Rollins, some of the worst ratings that the company has ever seen on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown while were while these two guys were champions. So that's kind of difficult to justify putting the belt back on Rollins if that is indeed the case, especially since you probably want the biggest name possible associated with your company if you're going to go even more mainstream and be on Fox. So from a business perspective, probably better to have Brock Lesnar as your champion. From a wrestling fan's perspective, probably better to have Seth Rollins as your champion. But at this point, potato, potato, like Kevin Owens said, they don't really care. It was a bunch of lip service when they came out a couple of months ago and said that the fans were in control. And to this point, they just continue to do what they want to do because with Paul Heyman specifically being hired to kind of coordinate and run things on Monday Night Raw, (coughs) the last thing you expected to see was a guy like Goldberg pop back up. But that's exactly what happened. And so people – all over the IWC, that's the internet wrestling community, are questioning whether or not Paul Heyman's really in charge because they do not believe that he would go down that road. They do not believe that if it was left up to him that he would have brought somebody back that is classified now as two things. One, a WWE Hall of Famer, and number two is a part-timer. But only time will tell. And you know what? Between you and me, bro, I think they needed to bring back Goldberg. Because that last match, that was rough, bro. The one with him and Taker, was it him and Taker, if I'm not mistaken? It was it was rough. So Undertaker got to come back and clean up his mess a little bit in that tag match with Roman. 
And if you guys remember, he couldn't even do the jackhammer or anything, right? Or at least not properly. And then, um, and then of course, you know, you've got him facing against Dolph Ziggler, who's a tremendous uh, athlete, an incredible seller, uh, and he's going to make Goldberg look like a million bucks. So I'm kind of excited to see it because I think they paired him up with somebody that he can have some success against, and it'll help them kind of clean up the mess that happened when Brock, I mean, I'm sorry, when Goldberg and Undertaker faced off against each other. Because as much love and respect as I have for those two legends, if they probably if they could have booked it all over again, bro, I don't think they would have booked it that way. I just think physically they need a little bit of help. So teaming Undertaker up with Roman was a good idea against uh, um, Shane and uh, Drew McIntyre. And I think it's a good idea if you're going to continue to bring these guys back to wrestle that you pair them up, up with somebody that's going to make them look good which I think if you could have picked anybody on the roster that can make Goldberg look like a million dollars, I think it'd be hard to find somebody that is better than that, uh, than freaking Dolph Ziggler. So for that reason, I'm kind of looking forward to it, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I think that that another match that I would like to have seen with, with, uh, with Goldberg is imagine Goldberg facing the bro himself from NXT. You know who I'm talking about, Matt Riddle. Because remember, bro, Matt Riddle bro. made the comment about <laughs> <Yes>. Goldberg. <laughs> that would that be a lot of been... fun. Yes. I agree. Well, you, right, know what, so... Jose, you, know what else is, you know what else is a lot of fun, man? Getting a lot of engagement okay. from our listeners. I know there's a bunch of you guys on hold. Hang tight. We're going to get to you in just a matter of moments. But I do have a message coming through uh, from our Facebook live feed. Thank you, guys. Please share. We love it when you guys tap those thumbs up and those hearts and we see them fly across the screen. It kind of gives us encouragement. It gives us some and fuel because this is a two-hour show, sometimes two and a half hours. And so when you guys do that, when you share, we can see it. When you guys hit the little hearts and the thumbs up, we can see all that, and it kind of gives us encouragement and fuel. And I've got some fuel right here in my Wrestle Talk podcast mug, but that doesn't quite do it. I want to hear and see the support uh, of the Wrestle Talk family. Uh, I'll tell you this, Jonesy, Matt Riddle would absolutely be a fantastic opponent um, because I see what he's doing on social media. He's getting himself some attention. He's kind of giving Goldberg a hard time. And to be honest with you, bro, I think it's pretty entertaining. So as far as I'm concerned, they could go ahead and keep that going. But for the time being, I'm going to go ahead and stick with my guns. I think the best opponent for Goldberg is Dolph Ziggler because as great as Riddle's going to be, he's still a little bit of wet behind the ears, and you don't want to put a guy who's maybe past his prime and a guy who is still kind of like on his Bambi legs a little bit in the ring at the same time. They've made that mistake before, and I think they're going to do whatever it takes to avoid it, bro. Absolutely. Um, I, I do have one more thing to, to talk about before we, we, we get some of these callers on here. And that is one sure. MJF. You know who I'm talking about, MJF. Well, he has this feud going on with Sean Spears, a.k.a. The Perfect Ten. And he posted on Twitter, Hey, Sean Spears, you piece of shit. Just waking up after a night before with this Perfect Ten, more of a two or three without her makeup on. You might know her name is Cassie or Peyton or whoever. You know your wife, soon-to-be wife, the only one that has ever held a championship in your household. I took her for a maximum ride 
Wow, those Aussie Sheilas are something else. Keep getting a fish taste. Must have been from last night's main horse. That is what he said about this dude's fiance. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> well, then, ladies and gentlemen, I to say that. Josie, go I, I just want to jump in and say this real quick, and I'll let you finish. Bro, that is without question our tweet of the week. <laughs> and then on Monday, after the uh, the Iconics lost their tag team titles, he promptly posted, well, I guess that now the Spears household has no titles. <laughs> wow. Oh, my goodness. Well, I, I thought, I, I, if I was MJF, I would have followed it up with, um, I would have followed it up with, well, when you when you when you work out as much as we did over the weekend, there's no no surprise she didn't have enough energy to retain the champions, blah blah blah, something like that. That that's the direction I would have gone in. But listen, Jonesy, the only thing we love more than those crazy stories that you bring to the table every single week is when we hear from the Wrestle Talk fam. Again, guys, tap the hearts, tap the thumbs up, and please share this broadcast. Invite people to listen, man. You never know, you might win a prize. But we do have a message here from uh, Justin Pritchard who's been tuning in pretty frequently here. Man, Justin, we appreciate you, bro. Nothing but love to you, cuz. Uh, here's the um, here's his response to our initial topic about some of the legends uh, coming back and participating in the uh, weekly shows and in the pay-per-views. It says, I'm thinking the older guys just need a payday, so they come when they, they – this is – they come when they don't, and they just try – to see if they can stick it over with the fans. So I think what Justin's saying, and you know what, uh, I'm not sure about the payday. I think it's on a case-by-case basis. I would imagine that Goldberg's doing pretty well, okay? Uh, but that may not be the case with everybody. Because people, you heard a lot of the storyline stuff when Kurt Angle was kind of going through his stuff. People were talking about he was broke, and that's why he was back or whatever. So I think that's more on a case-by-case basis. But if you're alluding to the fact that they still want that reaction from the fans, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, if, if you're a fan of Stone Cold Steve Austin the way that I am, and that like a lot of people are, and you listen to a show, which is a, a pretty good show, I mean, not as good as this show, but I mean, it's a good show, and he always says, hey, the money, still got plenty of it, and if I lost it all, I'd probably miss it, if, but I would not miss it as much as the adoration of the fans. He, he said on multiple occasions, if you could take that emotion that you get from the fans, and I've heard guys on a local level say this, I can only imagine it's 100,000 people. But if you can take that and bottle it up and sell it, you'd be a billionaire. Everybody would want a taste of it, of that feeling of when you're getting that adulation, that recognition from the fans that you worked so hard to impress and win over. So there's no doubt in my mind, Justin, that that's part of it. Those guys probably still want to feel the connection with the fans. And how do you do that? I mean, it's one thing to post on social and, and to do cons and things like that. But it's a whole nother thing when you're in the ring and you're getting that genuine reaction and you can feel the, the pulse of the fans and the sound and, and the, the temperature in the room. I, I think there's probably nothing in the world like it. I've never experienced it, but as a fan, I felt it because we were exuding it, not receiving it. Exuding it is really cool. I can only imagine how amazing it is to be the one receiving it. So if that's what's bringing them back, it wouldn't surprise me one bit, man, because that's a rush. You probably can't duplicate with anything on this planet, dude. Nothing. Absolutely. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, let's get in some of these callers real quick before we bring in the professionals that are on 
via line. So caller number one, you're gonna you are on the line. How I have missed you, sir. How dare you sit there and allow Tank Red's book to do what he did to Nightmare Jones. And I hope to God that Marcus Mayhem calls in tonight because he may be my brother-in-law familiar but I have a bone to pick with him because how dare he put Nightmare Jones on the blue brand. The blue brand is for losers. Nightmare Jones is not a loser. How dare he? I don't know what the hell is going on, but let me tell you something. Nightmare Jones is back. And I'm about to run through every single person in the FWWC. That's all the hell I got to say. Who the hell are we going to bring on next? But can't beat. Wow. Well, listen, guys, I don't know what this is all about, but we are more than ready to bring on some true competitors. Guys that have captured championships in the last, I don't know, century, Nightmare Jones, unlike you, the professionals are on deck, and they're very impatient men, okay? So shame on you for making them wait any longer, okay? Shame on you. We do have a few more callers from the FWWC. Guys, we're going to be throwing to you momentarily, so make sure you're listening to this interview with the professionals because we want to give you a chance. Uh, to get it off your chest as we go into FWWC SummerSlam, but also we want to be respectful to our guests. So make sure you're listening. If you have any comments or questions for these guys that are real professional wrestlers, unlike you, Nightmare Jones, okay, please make sure you have them ready because these guys don't have a whole lot of patience, okay, and they're going into a pretty big match against the Coffin Club, which we're going to be talking to them about in just a matter of moments. So, Ladies and gentlemen, a tag team that you've seen throughout the Midwest and beyond, frequently seen at Dynamo Pro Wrestling, but even more frequently seen over at SICW. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to cue up the music for our returning guests. That's right, two current members of the WrestleTalk family. Ladies and gentlemen, Mahler, McDarvey, Sean Santel, SICW's very own, The Professionals.
Gentlemen, welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. How are you all tonight? Doing good, man. How are you? I hey, what's up, Joe? What's up, Renee? Now that you guys are here. What's going on? I said we are doing wonderful. You, 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 it is a pleasure to have the professionals on the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Once again, so what's oh, been new with Yeah, I know it's a pleasure for you guys to have us on here again. And hey, Renee, I, 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 as much as I appreciate your politeness as, uh, as unusual, uh, it's not going to get you guys out of the fact that you had us on hold that long. So prepare to get your ass chewed. See, See it's whoa, whoa, whoa. all Renee's fault. Wait. He always blames me, wait but it's always his fault. Wait, wait just a minute. Wait just a minute. So, so wait a second. So it takes us close to three weeks to get a hold of either one of you, your publicist is telling us, oh, Santel's over in Europe, Uh, McDarby's on vacation. I'm like, okay, that's fine, but we need to get some representation from SICW on the show. Then you get back to us just a couple of days out, and all of a sudden we're getting in trouble for running behind. This is live radio, gentlemen. Come on. Hey, nothing worth having comes easy, Renee. Yeah, we're busy people. Oh, we have geez, bigger well, and better things to do than this. Well, except having kids, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I expect nothing less from a man with a face for radio, but I digress. Oh, you know what? Just because my, my ego can only take so much, okay? My self-worth can only take so much of a beating. I'll go ahead and let you go first, Jonesy. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, 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 well. Thank you for being so uh, kind tonight, uh, night Al. So, gentlemen, what has been new with the professionals? Uh, the quest for gold. That's what's uh, new in a in a, a sense of speaking. Uh, it looks like you know this uh, Saturday, August the tenth, we have a shot at the multi-state tag team championship against Gorilla Warfare. And oh, you didn't hear that they, they, they didn't hear that they ducked it. You didn't hear about that. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. That. That's what I was going to ask you about. That's right. Yeah, they, they, uh, they go ahead, Sean. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, like normal, uh, they they weaseled their way out of uh, facing us long enough to where they were finally forced to face us again, and uh, they somehow wiggled their way to the top and requested a uh, no title match so uh, they can cover their asses. Well, since that's that, we'll just move on to the next one. Uh, That following weekend, uh, the next Saturday, August 17th, uh, at SICW in East Crondelet, Illinois, for the first time ever in 46 years, Herb Simmons has decided to start his own tag team division with his own tag team titles. So August 17th, 2019, in East Crondelet, Illinois, SICW, in the first time in 46 years, is going to be crowning their first ever tag team champions. And the match is set up against the Coffin Club versus none other than everyone's favorite tag team in the Midwest, the Professionals. So that's what's going on with us, Jonesy. Yeah. Chasing gold like always. And uh, don't think that those multi-state tag team championships are going to elude us for long. Absolutely. I mean... It's obvious why they've been ducking and dodging you guys because they know that when they face you for those belts, that you're going to take those belts away from them. 
Like that 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 that's obviously obvious and I don't even know this this the tag team but it's obvious that they're ducking wait the professionals because they know minute, what's going to happen when they face the professionals. Wait just a minute. Wait, hey, uh, shout out to Jeremy Carp, Bones, uh, Joe Osman, and uh, Jeremy Duggan all checking us out. Man, love y'all, man. Thank you for being here. So, wait, wait a minute. So, do you guys realize one of the guys in the Coffin Club, his name is K-Man, have you ever heard of him before? This is the same guy that got locked in a casket for three days at Six Flags. How, how is it that you guys think that you're prepared to face off against an individual and his cohorts who could do something like that? From what I hear, you two are scared of your own shadow. How are you going to face off and defeat the Coffin Club? you got to be kidding me. Well, first, first off, Renee, let me, let me correct you there. Cayman can spend 12 years in a coffin – and in some you know jabroni field somewhere I, that nobody cares about, but he can he can't stand five minutes in the ring with a professional. So that's the difference. Big difference between laying somewhere and getting your ass handed to you in a wrestling ring. And then let me ask you this: I'll answer your question by asking this. Do you know how long I've known Cayman, Renee? Uh, I do not know how long you've known Cayman. No. I I've known Cayman as long as I've been in this wrestling business from day one. I've known Cayman. He has ducked, dodged, and dipped his way out from under me for years, even going on a hiatus, quote-unquote, due to injury. I know him better than most people know anybody else in this business and in that ring. I know who Cayman's former tag team partner was, a man that he turned just like Sean Vincent to his side. Ask him, why don't you ask him where Nottis is at? No one's heard of him or formerly known as R.D. Williams. No one has seen that man in years. So my question is, is what happens when Cayman's tag team partners stop performing? Well, Sean, I, I guess all I can say is this. Um, we had the privilege of interviewing Cayman in the past. And him and his manager are not to be trifled with. And you, sir, should know that. Better than anybody, I mean, a guy that's been in the business that long that's willing to put himself through that kind of stuff, you're telling me he's scared of you? Hey, listen, we're never going to settle this debate, so we're going to go to a subject matter expert. Let's go and ask uh, the WWE legend, the Iron Sheik, what he thinks about that. Fucking bullshit! Well, there you have it. <laughs> what other questions you got, yeah, Josie? Yeah. The, the, sheik, the Sheik doesn't trust any man in a mask, and neither do the professionals. <laughs> My next question is, gentlemen, when you get to SICW, can you do me a favor? Can you please make sure that you win those tag team titles? Because the professionals need to have those titles. 100%. Can you make me oh, that promise? Oh, get off your jock strap already, oh. Damn it, Oh, l- l- listen, Joe. Listen, Joe. Hey. It's a foregone conclusion. You might as well just call us the SICW Tag Team Champions right now because they're as Absolutely. good as ours. So, Renee, how do, does it feel to be talking to the SICW Tag Team Champions? So? There you go. Okay, you know what? That, that's fine. You want to know how I feel? I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel. This is how I feel, okay? It doesn't I... matter what you think. Oh, really? Cue the that's piano music. Renee's going to tell us how he feels. <laughs> no, no, wait a minute. I was about to, then somebody else said 
Everybody interrupted me with that nonsense. I mean, seriously, guys, for real? It doesn't matter what you think. Okay, whatever. That's fine. That's fine. Well, you know what? Nobody cares what I think, but they want to know what you think, guys. Sean, Mahler, you are you guys are witnessing firsthand the evolution of pro wrestling, specifically in the Midwest. We've seen it. It's growing. Uh, there are promotions in this area that are putting five, six, eight hundred plus. As time goes on, and as if you guys continue to journey through this business, what are some of the benefits that you think we're going to see from the reemergence, the rebirth of pro wrestling over these last eight to ten years or so? And, and what do you think are some of the, the the scary parts, the negatives, some of the things that fans should be on the lookout as they see professional wrestling grow to a point now where you've got two different wrestling companies on two major promotions by the end of this, I mean, on two, on two major networks, I'm sorry, TNT and Fox. And then you've got some of the lesser promotions that are on cable as well. Uh, wow. Women of wrestling, impact wrestling. You guys have been on kind of on both sides. You're not necessarily super old school, but you're not super new school either. What's your guys take on that evolution and maybe some of the good and bad that could come of it? Uh, let, let's start with you, Mahler. Well, what I think is um, with all the wrestling that's on uh, TV, uh, don't just watch one particular product. Uh, watch them all. Uh, two, if, you have, if you're a fan and you have the time, I'm not saying if you don't, but if you have the time, uh, you know, check them all out. Give them all a chance. Uh, I'm not going to say you're going to like everything you see, but you can pick, you know, I, you know, I like some of this from this one. I like some of this from that one. Um, you don't owe an allegiance to any particular wrestling show uh, on TV. Um, the, the business growing, it's a healthy thing. It's great for all of us. Um, you know, more, more fans, you know, mean for guys like Sean and I, uh, you know, our pay is based off of the house. We don't have, you know, fancy Dan contracts like you see like on WWE or AEW. So the better the houses do, the better we do, the more money we make. Um, you know, so that's, that's the good part. You know, there's, there's more to choose from. There's more to watch. There's different varieties. Just like when we, Sean and I were kids, you know, we just didn't have the WWF, you know, uh, we still had the, as kids, we still had the remnants of territory wrestling, but also we also caught some of the stuff that was trying to go national. So that's the positive. Um, you know, the negative stuff, um, I think, uh, people who aren't ready for TV are going to be pushed onto worldwide or nationwide television um who am i who am i to say who belongs there and who doesn't i can't i'm not going to but um i think there's guys that are getting pushed into a spotlight that might not be ready for it um back in the territory days like i was uh, alluding to when sean and i were younger um you didn't get on tv until someone thought you were ready until uh, there wasn't any holes in your game and until you shown that you were able to draw money with a crowd so you know that's the the plus and the minus of it all. Uh, there's going to be just a good with the bad. Well, and be, before Sansel, before you jump in, I, I kind of have a, a quick follow up here for uh, Mauler McDarby, uh, which, by the way, guys, I, I know you you got matches this upcoming Saturday and then the following Saturday as well. Uh, so you guys have obviously you're in game mode right now, uh, getting ready to, to continue to establish yourselves as one of the top tag teams in the Midwest, uh, which you've been doing for a good while now, but. My follow-up question, uh, Mahler, was this. So you probably saw it. Jonesy, I want you to help me with the name here, but there was a particular wrestler who had quite a bit to say about another wrestler who got signed with AEW, and, and it sparked in my mind 
because you said, well, it's not my business to speak on another man's contract. It's not my business to speak on another man uh, uh, getting hired by a particular promotion and who they're looking for, who they're not looking for. Jonesy, can you rekindle that story for us just briefly uh, so I can reference to it? Because I think if more people had your attitude, Mahler, when it comes to that, the business would be healthier because at the end of the day, this guy was knocking another guy. You know, and I think it was right. a little disrespectful. Jonesy, can you help me out with this one? Yes, yes, I absolutely, positively can. I am talking about, there is a guy by the name of, I'm not going to mention him, but he was he was a little bit pissed off of the fact that Marco Stunt got put in, got signed to AEW. And he says that, that the reason that makes him so mad is because Marco Stunt is five foot two and 115 pounds. And this guy's been wrestling for multiple years, and so he's upset that Marco Stunt got put in the AEW and he didn't. <laughs> oh, Joe, throw him under the bus. Let us know who he is. <laughs> do it. You said it when we first told the story. Do it, Joe. Gunner do it. Miller. The guy's name is Gunner Miller. I don't know the guy. I've, I've never met the guy, but his name is Gunner Miller. And oh, okay. so he was definitely, yeah. Yeah, here's he the not bad comment. Here's well, the before bad you guys jump in, I, I believe. Well, well, Sean, hold on. I, I believe we have a sound drop for that. There you go. The floor is yours, sir. The best comment that I can give about that um, with the Marco stunt thing, um, I don't have a problem with someone like Marco stunt getting signed. If that's, you know, someone wants to sign them, that's fine. It's how the company chooses to use that person. Um, the, the tweet reference that he was, uh, five foot two and 115 pounds. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So he's five, two and 115 pounds. In my opinion, uh, he should never go for the heavyweight championship. Um, that's just my opinion. But if you use him in a different manner, if you have a lightweight title or if you have a different spot for him, I think that's also something that's getting lost in today's wrestling is um, the uh, the overall without, I don't want to tell too much, but I'm going to try to do this in a, in a roundabout way. Um, everything in, on a wrestling show that you're watching, it's leading up to something. It's leading up to it's a big payoff at the, at the end of the TV show or the end of the pay-per-view or the end of the house show, wherever you may be at. Um, it builds to something. Now, if the first match does everything under the sun and it's this big, huge, you know, I know the, the star rating system is a huge thing right now and, and all that good stuff, and it's just, just blow the doors off, just match. My question is, where does it leave the rest of the card? Where do you go from there? What did the fans, what, what haven't they seen that they're going to see in these later matches? Um, everything builds to something. And as long as everything builds in the right direction and they're all, all the horses are pulling the wagon in one direction, it's fine. If they have a place for Marco Stunt and they know what they're going to do with them and it isn't in a spot that it's going to make them look bad or make them look funny or hokey, if you want to use that word, wrestling right. is based off of the realism. Like what you have to, what you're drawing in, what people are drawn in is, is the, the blurring of a line of what's real and what isn't. So you have to be careful of how you use Marco Stunt. But like I said, that's my opinion. I have no – I don't have a problem with the man. I've never met the kid. 
I, you know, I don't have a dog in the fight for it, but that's just my opinion on it, right or wrong. If anybody agrees, you know, people are allowed to disagree with me, but that's just the way I look at it. I think that's a good compromise. Who, who wants to jump in here? Well, and I, I think that's why we're we have been as successful as we have is because we're about as, we're about as real as real gets. Uh, you know, we're not some thrown together BS tag team. We're not some fly by night. Hey, we'll hodgepodge these two together. We're we're best friends. We we hang out together. We we barbecue together. Our families get together. We're 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 real, and that and that's the difference. And uh, and people, uh, whether or not they they can actually notice that in the ring or not, or actually you know have that in their minds, they they feel it. They're like, oh, those two, they're they're together. They're 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 partners. So. I take well, that so for then, what it is. Then let me let me twist it a little bit, and then I'll throw it back to Jonesy. So, so I guess in your guys' division, we are seeing uh, on all levels, uh, on the highest level, we saw it this week with uh, Alexa Bliss and Nixie, Nikki Cross women winning the becoming the third ever women's tag team champion. So, like that team was still molding, in my opinion. Uh, seeing Nikki as this character was kind of peculiar to me because I was such a fan of what she was doing in NXT, uh, you know, with Eric Young and those boys. Um, but then now they all of a sudden they've become tag team champions when the previous girls were being criticized for not defending the tag team championships enough. So in that same vein, obviously, um, the tag team division, it, for the most part, throughout professional wrestling is starting to regain some steam. But there's still a lot of these kind of shenanigans going on, so I'm curious, does that kind of stuff bother you? Because you seem to take a lot of pride in the fact that you guys are a quote-unquote real tag team and that you know each other and that you're not just kind of thrown together at the last minute. I mean, is, is there a part of you, maybe the old-school part of you, that feels like, hey, maybe they need to respect that a little bit more and give some notoriety to guys that are spending time together day in, day out instead of just throwing two stars together and creating a, a tag team? Well, yeah, well, in my, in my humble opinion, that is a, I mean, that's a perfect case of the, uh, the champions make the title and the titles don't make the champions. Just because they're tag team champions doesn't make them a great tag team. Great tag teams make great titles, and it, may, and it makes them more important, which is why, you know, when we win SICW tag team titles, they'll be the most important championships in the area. <laughs> in my, in, in my awesome. here's my... Here's my point of it. Oh, um, by the way, guys, side. Gilbert is watching tonight. Just, just in case you guys oh, want cool. to know, shout out to Dwayne Gill. You're a great friend. We love you. Can't wait to talk to you again, my friend. He's actually checking us out right now. Shout out to Gilbert, everybody, for tuning into the Wrestle Talk podcast tonight. Go buy that man's merch, damn it. Shout out to Mr. Gill. Uh, yeah, what up, Gilbert? Um, but with, to you, to to my to your point of the question, um, my always question is to some to when we see other teams. Um, I, my first question is, are you guys a tag team? Are you guys, are you, are you just two guys that happen to team up? There's a big difference there. If you're a tag team, there's going to be continuity in that, in that match. There's going to be, it's going to be more fluid. You're going to cut off that ring. You're going to keep them on your half of the ring. You're going to, you know, frequent tags. You're going to make sure, you know, you're utilizing your five count. In, in some way, uh, putting the boots together uh, on on your opponent, uh, thinking one step ahead of your opponent. Uh, if you lose control of the match or they start to gain control, how do you cut that back off to your side and regain the control? You know, using your using your tag team partner. 
Like, that's the thing. Like, the last time I was on here, that was the thing that I couldn't press far enough was the fact that when I get in that ring for a tag match, unlike most people that we tag against, I don't have to worry about where my partner's at. I know where he's at. I know where my brother's at. He's on that apron, and he's holding that tag rope. I, I don't have to worry about is his head in the right place. I don't have to worry about is he are we on the same page. Do I have to make sure he's with it? Do I have to make sure that he's going to you know tag me in or he's going to let me tag out? I don't have to worry about any of that. He don't have to. Sean doesn't have to worry about any of that with me because we are a legitimate tag team. So does Likewise. it uh, agitate us? Does it agitate us? Absolutely. Yes, it it, it pisses us off. I don't. You know, I, I'm so tired of seeing the the two the hodgepodge tag teams. I'm tired of seeing the you know tag divisions not being taken seriously, and now with this resurgence in this era that we're in now, tag team wrestling is becoming important again. Some teams are starting to crop up. Uh, like I'll give you an example: in SICW, uh, a team that people don't think we're not watching them, we are because we have both of our sets of our eyes on them. Is look at Gary Jackson and Gil Rogers. They've been oh, yeah. you know, trying to trying to quietly team up together like ain't nobody noticing. Well, guess what? The professionals are watching you. Dude, mm. a- absolutely, and you know, even somebody with the, uh, the 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 recognition and the respect, like Herb Simmons, when he decides that after forty some odd years that he's going to be crowning some new tag team champions, you know, it means something. So when you guys say that there's a pro wrestling tag team resurgence, there's no BS there. I mean, that's a hundred percent totally legit. Because, like I said, if somebody like Herb Simmons decides that he wants to take a part of his shows that are always absolutely 100% sold out, and he wants to dedicate that to tag team wrestling, I think that speaks volumes. What do you think about that, Jonesy? Absolutely. Uh, One, I agree with you 100%, but he's not crowning new tag team champions. He's already crowned them in the professionals. It's like playing Madden. When you do a oh season and you play Seriously? with the Patriots, you already know that you're going to be the Super Bowl champions. So there's really no point in even having this tag team tournament. Just give the titles to the professionals. How much are y'all paying, Jonesy, <laughs> to say all this stuff? That's what I want to know. I'm not How much are y'all paying, I'm not opposed to that idea, Jonesy. If they just want to hand them over and save the Coffin Club a beating, we're we're more yeah. than happy to just accept them. Yeah, I mean, and, and as important as that night yeah, is, and as, as prestigious as that, uh, as as us winning those titles are going to be, I, I think it would be best for them to just hand them over to the professionals. Uh, we've more than earned it, and uh, I think for the health and safety of the Coffin Club, they should probably just hand them over to us. Oh, enough Absolutely. of that, Jeez, Louise. Absolutely. All right, so All my right, well, listen, final guys. question, my my ahead, final Jonesy, question, before I throw it back to uh, Renee, is this week we had a. Uh, very unfortunate event with uh, Harley Race passing away, and I want to know if you had any uh, stories about Harley Race. Uh, I have um, uh, one story, and I'm going to be quick because uh, if Sean's got anything to add, I'll let him add something, and then I'll go back and I'll wrap I'll wrap up something about Harley. Okay, um, I met Harley twice in my life. One is a fan and one when I became a pro wrestler. And the one when I met him when I was a fan, I was in high school. Um, I was there with my buddy of mine. We both played football. And we were at a show in uh, St. Louis City at the Shriners. 
and he had uh, 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 Nikiti, uh, Nikita uh, Koloff there, the, um, uh, um, um, uh, the, the, the Russian nightmare. He was there. They mm-hmm. had, uh, uh, they also had um, uh, one of the Harris brothers there. They just got done with WCW. And Harley was doing uh, pictures in the ring. And before he had taken the pictures, I had um, went and bought an 8x10 because my grandmother is a huge pro wrestling fan, and she's a big fan of Handsome Harley Race. So um, he uh, remembered me buying it, and when we got in the ring, I was telling my friend as we were getting in the ring, walking up to Harley, like, this is Harley Race, one of the toughest people on earth, blah, 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 blah. So we're ready to, like, you know, put on our big tough guy front for Harley or whatever. So Harley's leaning in the turnbuckles. We're standing on each side of Harley, and Harley sees how we're standing. He leans forward. And he tells us, he goes, boys, I'm only going to say this one time. I'm an old man, and I got rid of the tough guy thing a long time ago, so I'm only going to say this once. He goes, if I don't see smiles, I start tickling. So that was the first time I ever met Harley Race, and I still got the the Polaroid picture, uh, standing in the ring, grinning as big as a Cheshire cat with Harley Race. Uh, Fast forward. Right when I first started wrestling in the wrestling business, right after I got done with training, uh, I was with somebody. They were trying to get on Harley's show, and I got to meet Harley, and I got to meet Lex Luger um, as a pro wrestler. And I only got to spend a brief few minutes with Harley, uh, but he was the nicest, and same with Lex Luger, the nicest man I've ever met. And he had all the time in the world for me, and I couldn't have had a better experience with a better person than Harley race. So those are my two Harley race stories. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. Sean, do you have, Sean, do you have any Harley race stories? Sean, what what do you got, man? Okay. Well, I, I wasn't fortunate enough to, uh, like really be around him. Um, but I just like, in, in my opinion, it was, it's just one of those things. Like whenever you're, uh, we will call our forefathers in professional wrestling. Uh, and he's, you know, one, one of the Mount Rushmore type of guys, in my opinion. And uh, I just, you know, I appreciate everything he's done. So I, I, I can, the best I can do from my end is relay my favorite story from Harley, aside from him defending Ric Flair over in Japan and everybody being terrified of him. And, you know, everybody, you know, Harley was famous for being a, famous for being a tough guy. So my favorite story is uh, somebody asking Harley, uh, you know, you know, what's, what's, what's going to happen, you know, whenever you hit him, and, you know, Harley says, I'll hit him with my left. And if he doesn't fall, I'll walk around him to see what's holding him up. <laughs> Classic Harley race line, dude. That's freaking amazing, dude. Sean, that's very honesty, In all honesty, too, like the best advice I can give you, if you guys, um, and I highly, Sean will highly recommend this, too. If you want, you should. If you do a show and you want to talk about some Harley Race, uh, in my opinion, one of the best people to get in touch with is uh, Dennis McCall. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Dennis has the um, firsthand knowledge and stories that, from being in the car with Harley Race. He uh, he was for the longest time for WLW. He was Harley Race's guy. Um, so if you want some great Harley Race stories, Dennis McCaw is is a great guy. To, he he should be on here talking about Harley. Um, yep. Another person I don't know if you know it or not that has a uh, he he at least has one 
has a good Harley race story is Luke Roberts. If you haven't heard Luke Roberts, Harley race story, and you might have to prompt him. It's about when he was getting ready to go out for the hardcore match he was going to have. Ask Luke Roberts about his, his Harley race story. He's got a good one, too. But Dennis McCall, he has a plethora of great Harley race stories. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we'll definitely have to get in touch with Skywalker uh, and make that happen, man. We, You know how we feel about Skywalker, man. He's one of our guys. Well, I'll tell you what, gentlemen. I- I've been privileged uh, on many occasions to talk to a lot of legends, man. And it's always a lot of fun, and we kind of kicked off the show by saying this. But we've come to find that when we talk to guys from a specific region, whether it be over in Baltimore, uh, the East Coast, the West Virginia area with Joe, or it's guys here from the Midwest, people really seem to dig it. I mean, like I was telling everybody earlier today, man, we had Kit Reaver, who's a kid that wrestles in Kansas, and that show did tremendously well. I have no doubt in my mind that it's going to be exactly the same for this episode. And what makes this even cooler is you guys are talking about Harley Race stories. In just a matter of moments, we have – Barry Horowitz joining the show. I know you guys were aware of that. I'm super-duper excited. I know Joe's super-duper excited. Guys, when you think about the idea of sharing an episode with somebody as well-known as Barry Horowitz, you got to tell me, man, how do you feel about that? Because I know we're freaking super excited about it ourselves. Are you kidding me? Before we even started, I was patting myself on the back. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And... And you know what? You know what the difference between a pat on the back and a kick in the ass is? Eighteen inches. Uh, what's that? Eighteen inches. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's. But no, Barry, Barry Horowitz, one of the, one of the un, Barry Horowitz, one of the most probably one of the bigger unsung heroes. Um, uh, uh, I don't, as I'll, I'll use it this way. He was a great carpenter and it had been cool to see him do more, but a great carpenter, um, helped build the houses, um, did a lot of great things for, uh, the New York territory, the WWE, WWF now. Uh, so it's, it's a privilege to be considered on the same show in the same breath of mentioning on this show tonight on Russell talk podcast the professionals, and then the main event coming up, Barry Horowitz, um, who I'm sure has a ton of great stories because he was a great carpenter and a great wrestler in the ring. Well, absolutely, gentlemen. Uh, Well, listen, we want to go ahead and wrap things up with some high-energy stuff. You You know what we're known for, guys. We like to have fun and have a blast. So before we bring on Barry Horowitz and a couple of the callers that we've been
All right. All righty, Sean Santel, tell us, man, what is your shooting shot tonight? Oh, I'll tell you what it is, and I'm just going to lay it all on the line right here. The next two weekends are going to be huge for the professionals. One, this coming weekend in Soulard at the South Broadway Athletic Club will be taking on Guerrilla Warfare in a so-called no-title match. But I'll tell you right now, this match is going to lead us to the titles, the multi-state tag team championships. We're going to hand, their, hand them their asses like they know we're going to, which is why we don't have a title match this weekend. And that there's going to be nothing left but for Jim Harris and the rest of the MMWA brass than to give us our title match, which is already earned. And then secondly, we got the SICW tag team championships. And like you said earlier, Renee, for Herb Simmons in over 40 years to put tag team titles up there for SICW means more to the professionals than you'll ever understand. And because it means so much to us is exactly why we're going to be more than prepared. And you might as well call us SICW tag team champions now because there's not a shadow of a doubt in my mind that we will be the SICW tag team champions. And that's all I got to say. Jonesy, what do you got for us tonight, man? Um, my shoot and shout for tonight has nothing to do with professional wrestling, but it has to do with what happened this past weekend where you had two senseless killing assassinations, whatever that you want to call it, terrorism acts. I, I, I it's. It pisses me off that people just go around and and shoot people for no reason whatsoever. You got innocent people that have died, and it just pisses me off. (laughs) All right. Uh, Way to bring the passion there, Jonesy. All right, Mahler McDarby, are you going to go ahead and close this out for the professionals? Man, what's your shooting shot tonight? First of all, I want to say I think Jonesy wins it tonight for the shooting shot. That was that was pretty passionate, so that was a good one. But what I'm going to use my time with real quick is I'm going to give a quick education to all of the wrestling fans that listen to this about handsome Harley Race. I want you to know that anytime you see not just the Harley Race high knee that you've seen Triple H do, but when you see somebody come off that second or top rope with a headbutt, that is a move that was created by handsome Harley Race himself. Anytime that you've seen Triple H go hard into the turnbuckle in the corner and flip ass end over tea kettle into the floor, that was something you've seen Harley Race do. That was something he did. Anytime when you see somebody crawling into the ring from the apron and they get cartwheeled into the ring, ass end over tea kettle, back into the ring, that was something Harley Race did. That wasn't something that was around until Harley Race came around. Or if somebody knocked Harley Race out of the ring and he got his boots caught, on the bottom rope and he was hanging out of the ring, almost hitting the floor and couldn't get up off them ropes. Those are all things that without Harley race, those moves would not exist. Those parts in a match would not exist. Harley race, go to YouTube. I want everyone to go to YouTube and watch from the late seventies in Houston wrestling, Harley race versus a young Andre, the giant. I want you to go on YouTube and I want you to look up a promo It's Harley Race puts a bounty on Ric Flair. Harley Race was a -a one-of-a-kind man, a -a one-of-a-kind pro wrestler, an innovator. If it wasn't for him, guys like Sean and I would not be here. So we are all owed as wrestling fans to show the proper respect 
the homage and the love of Harley Race and respect the things that he did in this wrestling industry all of his life. So that's my shoot and shout. Dang. Dang, dang, dang. How to follow three amazing shoot and shouts just like that. Well, listen, gentlemen, I'm going to have a hard time competing with that. But all I can say is this. Gosh darn teenagers, dude. You heard me? Teenagers. No matter where I go, no matter what I do, they're always there. I walk in the kitchen, you in the kitchen, eating up all the food. Never at work, never at school. Let me tell you guys something. My grocery bill went up $250 a month during the summer season. Why is it not year-round school around here? I don't know, but somebody needs a petition for it. How am I supposed to pay for these leeches that whom I love dearly from the bottom of my heart? But, I mean, come on. I can't do nothing right. I swear, I don't even need Google anymore. I have a 16-year-old in my house that has the answer to everything. Jeez Louise, if one more time i got to walk in the bathroom and see a bunch of hair in the sink because my daughter likes to brush her hair in the bathroom, I'm going to lose my dang mind. That's my shooting shot, man. You guys want to know why I love wrestling so much? Because it gives me the illusion that I get to beat people up. I can't do it in real life. And if I could, man, I'd come off the top rope on my 17-year-old daughter, 16-year-old daughter right now. I'd leave right now and just go do it. But I can't because, like, you know, you know, domestic abuse or whatever – Anyway, that's my shoot shot for tonight, guys. I'm sorry. I was all upset. I'm all pent up inside. I'm stressed out. If you guys have ever had a teenager in your house, you can relate. And if you haven't, then good for you. You're a blessed man or woman. Okay? Now, with all that said, guys, one more time, do us a favor. Please tell us where people can catch up with the professionals, not just over these next two weekends, but also on social media. You can catch us, like uh, Rennie said, August the 10th, 2019, at the beautiful South Broadway Athletic Club for MMWA, where we're facing guerrilla warfare. Then August 17th, 2019, in East Carondelet, Illinois, for Herb Simmons at SICW. You can find me on uh, Facebook at Mauler McDarby. I'll come right up. You'll see. You'll know it's me. Um, that, and then you can find me on Instagram at M, like Mauler, P, like Patrick, McDarby. You can find me there on Instagram and then on Twitter, MP McDarby or M, excuse me, M McDarby one on Twitter. And you can go to all three of those places uh, to follow us on social media or for all your booking needs for the professionals. Yeah. And uh, like, like Mahler said, you know, for the next two days, he got those covered. You can catch me on Facebook at Sean Soto, S O T O. Uh, you can uh, follow me on Instagram at Sean Soto, 1981. Uh, and then on Twitter at real Sean Soto. Uh, also, uh, if you guys don't mind us plugging another podcast, we'll, uh, we'll be recording for the Dave Dynasty podcast uh, tomorrow evening, uh, and we'll uh, be plugging that on our social media, so make sure you go to both of our social medias, give us a follow, uh, keep you updated on when uh, you guys can check that out. Absolutely awesome. Love it, love it, love it. Last question for you guys before we go, because uh, we got two uh, fans and callers that I want to jump on, and we're going to hit a quick break and then come back with Barry Horowitz. Guys, you have a favorite beer? Uh, there's probably too many, too many to name for beer, but uh, one of my favorite whiskeys, uh, and Sean will probably he can probably endorse this. Our favorite go-to whiskey when we can get our hands on it is Blanton's. Yep, absolutely. Uh, 
twist if you if you twist my nips here and make me choose a beer, I'll take a take a Midas touch because uh, I like to be touched by Midas. Well, I mean, if we're twisting nips, then if we're twisting nips, then then I'll say my uh, my go-to if I'm going to drink beer, uh, my go-to easy drinking is a uh, Rolling Rock in a bottle. Rolling Rock Very is absolutely amazing. Now, if you ask Renee what his favorite beer was. He would probably just say it's that new White Claw uh, hard seltzer. No, 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 no. He's drinking that Bud Light. He's drinking that Bud Light tea, Jonesy, is what he's doing. No, 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 (laughs) guys. He he drinks the Skinny Girl vodka with a little lime twist. Right, right. No, no. Listen, here's one thing I'm guilty of. I will admit that your boy, the Night Owl, occasionally enjoys drinking a Perrier. Because it's good on my stomach. I'm getting older. I'm in my mid-30s now, so i got to take it easy on my stomach. So I may have a Perrier from time to time. Don't judge me! (laughs) It's too late for that. It's too late for that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey, love you guys, man. You take it easy and be safe out on there on the road, all right? All right. Cheers, fellas. Thanks for having us on. Yep. Thanks for having us on. Love you guys, too. Have a good night, guys. Peace. Peace! And there go the professionals. Jonesy, an absolutely incredible show so far. We blew right past the break, and you know what? We're going to go ahead and do that because I wanted to try to actually get Barry Horowitz on as early as possible, but, man, that conversation with the professionals was so fantastic. Those guys are absolutely on fire here in the Midwest, and we do hope uh, you know, and wish all the best to them. I just wish they'd stop cheating every time, Jonesy. I know you're okay with that, but me personally, the night out, you know, I'm not a big fan of all that stuff, but all the best to those guys, man. They know how to put it on. Uh, because they've been doing for so they've been doing it for so absolutely long. Uh, they've earned the respect of the fans uh, pretty much everywhere they go. There's a couple of callers that I want to get through. I know some of these guys are going to want to come on with Barry Horowitz, but we've had two guys that have been on hold basically since the beginning of the show. That's about an hour and 21 li- uh, minutes, ladies and gentlemen. If you're keeping tabs, so we're going to let you come on, guys. Uh, if you got any thoughts, questions uh, for Barry Horowitz, go ahead and drop them, and then we'll bring him on and he can answer them. Or if you've got some stuff for the FWWC that you want to drop uh, leading into FWWC SummerSlam, this is the time. Ladies and gentlemen, bringing on first tonight, before our featured interview with Barry Horowitz, it's the one, the only, Remy. Remy Ricks. Ricks, bring the heat, baby. What's on your mind tonight? Man, what's cracking with you, Night Owl? What's up, Joe? Joe, I just got to tell you, I heard you talking shit on Blue, or heard you talking stuff on Blue Brand and everything else earlier. Dog, what? I just got one thing to say to you about, or not Madman Joe, whoever. I just got one thing to say to whoever the hell that was. Ain't no one falling for it no more. Nobody fell for it in the beginning. You ain't lose your memory. Now you want to throw a fit because you got traded to Blue Brand. Suck it up, Buttercup. You're over there with have your you boyfriend now. Been, have you not been watching what's been been going on? Had, had, did did you not watch what happened Monday night? I hit my head again. Dude, it's and hard to follow what back. the hell Madman does. Trust me. See, you don't even know what what you're talking about. Like, I I I, I literally think that you've been smoking. Too much of the wacky tobacco, so you've been drinking and too much. And that's a problem. Why? Wacky tobacco. Because if I didn't, because if I didn't, 
a lot of you tough shit talkers over there on the FWWC would already be dead. I mean, come on now. Because all the all motherfuckers do is, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, all right, I'm all right, that. Remy, all right. Remy, we appreciate you calling in, man. But, you know, we're trying to keep this a family show as much as possible, man. Any closing thoughts, bro? No, not really. Just that I'm going to dominate on Sunday. There you go. And there you are, ladies and gentlemen, Remy Ricks of the FWWC. Listen, this man is passionate. This dude is ready to throw hands and fists with basically anybody. And you can hear it. He doesn't care if this is a PG-13 or whatever. He's coming, and he's coming for everybody. That's what he keeps saying. I want to see what he does this Sunday. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and hone things back in here really quickly because I absolutely have to hear from this man to help settle us back in a man representing the great state of Arkansas. Man, we've got people calling in from all over the country tonight. It's been absolutely wonderful. Let's welcome in the current FWWC IC champion, Devontae D., the bishop. Mm-hmm. Night, Al. How are you doing this evening, my brother? Buenas noches. You know, I have uh, two matches probably two of the biggest matches of my FWWC career coming up at SummerSlam. Match number one, a triple threat match for the IC title. And Night Owl, did you, did you hear the news? There's a war coming. Theory has been talking about this war that's coming on Sunday night. Well, you know me. You know the bishop. I love to square up. I love to dance, and I love to go to war. So whatever Theory and Jimbo Slice bring this Sunday night. They better bring the heavy artillery, but they better bring it all because I'm coming out of the foxhole swinging. And I plan on walking out the Intercontinental Champion and not only that, one half of the Unified Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. So Theory, Jimbo Slice, and the other teams in the tag team match, I'll see you soon and very soon. That is the Bishop Devontae D. Ladies and gentlemen, we have one more caller to get through in the FWWC. We're going to hit over to Big Daddy P for a quick snippet of truth, and then the moment you've all been waiting for. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Barry Horowitz, a man who never hesitates to pat himself on the back, who has some of the best stories in pro wrestling. He's recently popped back up on the scene, man, and I've had a chance to talk to him a few times behind the scenes, and he's just a cool dude. He's from my neck of the woods. He's from Florida, man, and we're going to be talking about all the great stuff that he did in his career and kind of what he's up to today. We're just a few minutes away from that. But before we get there, we've got one more FWWC caller and then snippets of truth. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the show, a guy who always brings out the dark side, whether it's Halloween or not. I'm talking about the one, the only, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Voorhees. Oh, Lord. Night Owl. Nightmare Jones. This Sunday is Satanic Sunday. Glory. Because I will walk out the WHC Warriors Heart 
ladies and gentlemen. It looks like we've had a little bit of an interruption, but Voorhees is claiming that he's going to walk out the WHC in the world. Hold on, let's see if we can get him back now. I guess the reception down in Crystal Lake isn't that great. Voorhees, are you back with us, sir? I'm still here. And also, the golden ticket match to those other participants. You will meet a more destructive and deadlier war he. And that is all, ladies and gentlemen, from Voorhees. All the wonderful folks of the FWWC, let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. And, Joe, I know you can attest to this. If you have always dreamed of becoming a professional wrestler, but you have a disability, like you're in a wheelchair or you suffered uh, some sort of car accident like I did so many years ago, or you just don't have the money, and you're like, man, I wish I could be a pro wrestler, but there's so many things in my way that stop me from being that, man. I want to be like Harley Race. I want to be like Barry Horowitz. But, like, you know, life is difficult, and and that's not the road for everybody. That's why there's so many uh, that try and fail uh, in the world of pro wrestling and never reach the heights that they reach because life is just life. You know what I mean? So if you're looking for an alternative and you want to kind of fulfill those pro wrestling fantasies that you have but you can't, the FWC, that's the Fantasy Wrestling Worldwide Chapter, is the, great, the, the best place. Not a great place. It's the best place to do that. More information on the FWWC at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. You can develop a character, win championships. There's watch parties. There's podcasts. It's a whole network. It's a whole pro wrestling community. If you're a member of the pro wrestling community online, there's no better place to be than the FWWC. Again, guys, WrestleTalkPodcast.com forward slash fantasy wrestling worldwide chapter. It's all right there for you. You want to become a member and and, and spar against the very best in the pro wrestling community. That is the place to go. Again, WrestleTalkPodcast.com brought to you guys by Painter's Dream Production. That said, ladies and gentlemen, we've got just a couple of moments for snippets of truth tonight. And then finally, we get to Barry Horowitz. I know he's been waiting, man. He's in the dugout. He's enjoying himself. He's ready to come on. We're going to have a fantastic interview. But before we get there, we got to check in down in the great state of Tennessee. Man, we've been all over the nation today. It's a beautiful thing. But we got to check in down in the great state of Tennessee with our resident chaplain. Ladies and gentlemen, cue up the music for tonight's edition of the Snippets of Truth with Big Daddy P. I gotta do what I gotta do, huh. so who the hell is you? You tell me how my song is wrong, you don't know. Lay out and let Big Daddy go. You think my rap's about stealing, but it's about feeling. Sometimes truth revealing, but you know how my flow don't get the proper review. I gotta do what I gotta do. Big Daddy P, what's up? My brothers from another mother's. How are you? We're doing good. How about yourself? Oh, you know me, same circus, different tent. The Lord is faithful. Yeah, you guys doing all right tonight? Show sounds great. Good, yeah, good. We're, we're, we are doing Having awesome a great tonight. night. 
Big Daddy B. Ha- having a great night. Let me tell you, man, we had a fantastic first hour with the professionals. We just came off the FWWC segment, man. And then we have a guy that's coming on that I know you're very familiar with being a, a longtime fan. I know you're doing big things for Blue Sky Wrestling over in uh, in Tennessee, man, and, and we want to get a brief update on that. But you're here for one reason and one reason only, Big Daddy P. And that's to drop some snippets of truth, Big Daddy P. You know what's going around the nation. You know what's going on in the world of pro wrestling, man. Why don't you do everybody a favor and do what you do best, man, and drop those snippets of truth. Well, first of all, um, prior to coming on, I was very quiet. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what do you want me to say? He said, tell them not to worry. He said, they worry too much. The fact remains is either he's God or he's not. Either he's on vacation or he's working. And he is certainly not on vacation. So if anybody's listening right now that's worried about their rent payment or whatever payments or whatever health issues they might be having, he says, don't worry, fear not, for I am with you until the end of the age. I mean, think about it. Renee, how old are you, my brother? 35. Okay, so you take 35 and you multiply that by 365. Whatever that number a day is, is the number of days he's cared and provided for you. You think that's going to change tomorrow? Absolutely not. But the enemy wants to put doubt in you. He wants to oh, you really think God's going to take care of you? And the answer is yes. God never breaks his promise. He has never, he never will. There will never be a day that he will. Um, But rest assured, just know that uh, every situation that, uh, you guys are dealing with personally and professionally. Just know, without a shadow of doubt, that God's got it, no matter what. And that, my friends, is the truth. And it's the truth that sets you free. If you want to remain in bondage and you want to continue to rely on yourself instead of God, go do it, but you're just putting yourself in bondage. Be set free, because he says, he who is free is free indeed. And that is the truth for tonight. Wow, that, that's amazing. Well, Big Daddy T, I did want to ask you one thing before before we let you go here. So I know there's a lot of people who are gloomy, man, because of what happened, uh, you know, uh, up in uh, up in Ohio and what happened down in Texas. Um, yes. What words of encouragement can you can you offer to wrestling fans that are maybe just not feeling themselves? And it's very understandable. I mean, you just drive down the the, the highway here in in Kansas City. And you see the flags at half-staff, you drive around, you know, Martinsburg or, or Baltimore, Maryland, and you see the flags at half-staff, and I'm sure it's no different down in Tampa or in the middle of Tennessee, man. How, what, what words of encouragement do you offer those people that maybe just rather stay home this weekend and not necessarily go out to the show? Would you say, hey, you know what, guys, let's push forward as a, as a family uh, under God in the United States and continue to support independent wrestling, or, or what, what would you offer to those people, man? Well, first of all, there are a lot of people who don't understand what's going on, um, and God clearly does. And a lot of people say, well, if God loves us, why does he allow these things to happen? And the fact remains is we have free will. We have a choice, and in this world is evil. And in this world are people who are hurting, people who are making decisions every day that go against a lot of things that we believe in. One of the most encouraging pieces of information that I heard all over the news about all these shootings it's how everybody's coming together. Why does it take death for people to come together? Look at 9-11. Same thing. The churches were packed the Sunday after 9-11. But two or three weeks after 9-11, they started emptying out again. The fact remains is, unfortunately, we live in a society where people are too busy 
and we just need to recognize that things do happen. And even in the midst of those negative things, God always works these things for good. And in the end, if losing a life is going to bring people together, it's God's business and not ours. Wow. Well, absolutely incredible information during the snippets of truth once again. Uh, Nightmare Jones, any thoughts for Big Daddy P before we let him go and move on to our second featured guest of the evening, the one and only Barry Horowitz. Man, I know I'm very excited about that as well. Just thank you for once again uh, taking time out of your schedule to uh, come on to the podcast. Uh, everybody really appreciates it. Everybody loves Big Daddy P, and we appreciate you, sir. Well, listen, if the pleasure is mine, and, and, and my time is not mine either, remember that. So when you say to me, thank you for setting aside time, let me tell you something. Time and money is his, and he loves you guys, and he wants the very best for you guys, and I love you guys, and my job is to always spread love. That's it, because the Bible says do everything in love. So I'm just trying to apply it. Well, Big Daddy Pete, thank you so much, man. I know that I have to continuously uh, show my appreciation for you, man. Uh, the WrestleTalkPodcast.com uh, is doing better than ever before, uh, and that is managed by our friends over at Painter's Machine Production, which Big Daddy P pays a big part of. So we developed that business relationship with him, and then we got to know him on a personal level. And uh, it's been cool. It's, it's been, like, kosher ever since. Like, the dude is so incredible. He's so humble. Uh, he's so hardworking, man. I just have no complaints, and I'm super excited and happy to talk to him every uh, single week. Well, all that said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, we're about to ranch up the energy even more on our final segment of today's show. And, and it's, I think, a moment that everybody's been waiting for, Jonesy, because, you know, we've had some tremendous guests on the show. Uh, we've had an opportunity to talk to many legends, Paul Orndorff, uh, Tully Blatcher, Tracy Smothers, uh, just to name a few. And then, of course, some of your more modern superstars love to frequent the WrestleTalk podcast. But it's always particularly special to me when we can talk to guys that are from the era that I love the most, which was like 85 to 95, right? Like that's when I was growing up. That's when I had an opportunity to really be exposed to professional wrestling for the very first time. And it makes me excited, dude, because like this gentleman that we're talking to, uh, we're going to be talking to, was there. He was there uh, at, at WWF. He was there at WCW, uh, NWF. I mean, he was really all over the place during that era. So, of course, I have a thousand questions, and, and we'll do our best not to berate him too much. But, ladies and gentlemen, it's our honor and our pleasure to welcome into the WrestleTalk podcast for the very first time, uh, the one, the only, Barry Horowitz. Mr. Horowitz, welcome to the show, sir. How are you doing? Doing real good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, man, it is, is all a pleasure to have you on, sir. I am a, a big fan of yours. I was watching you uh, in the WWF when I was a little kid mm -hmm. wrestling the uh, Body Donnas and 
So, mm-hmm. yeah, so this is it's an absolute pleasure, sir. Oh, thank you very much. Before I get going here, I've got to cut some promos, if you if you guys don't mind. Okay. First of all. Well, Barry, you've been on hold, so you yes. know how, I have how been the, on Wrestle hold. Talk, the Wrestle Talk podcast rolls. Like, people come on here and they say what they want to say, brother. This is a free country. You say what you got to say. Get it off your chest. Oh, my God. First of all. I think I sh- I think I showered, shaved, washed my car, worked out, ate dinner, and I was still on hold. I don't know if you guys were packing <laughs> lunches or dinners. <laughs> I don't know what was going on. And those two guys, all three of those wrestlers, tell them to tell it walking. That's what I got for them. Okay. Now, let's see what else. Let's see what else I could heal on here. Let me think. I'm all cramping up here because of the weight, but let's see. I guess, uh, <laughs> wow. I, whoa. I don't know what else to say. I, I guess I said it. No, no, Barry, I got it. one for you. Barry, oh, yeah. Barry, you're oh, on yeah. fire right now. Let's capitalize. Go, go ahead. What? You got one? Because I got one. To, I, I, listen, I got a softball I'm going to throw right at you. Okay. Real quick. Wrong intro. Wrong intro. It was supposed to be How Do You Like Me Now by Toby Keith, not that slow-ass song by FGL. Well, well listen, that, I told the engineer, see, I see, told the right engineer there. to get his here and get the new song on, Barry. We told him we're, we're paying him close to nothing, which, I mean, I have to say, I have to admit. But at the same time, you had plenty of time, intern Timmy, to get the song queued up. What is wrong with you? Yeah, well, I I just don't get it. And then I thought of other things like the Beastie Boys or the Motley Crue song uh, uh, about skipping school or something. And I said, no, we'll go with the Toby Keith. And then, and then somebody brings an FGL, which they're great, and I love that song and video. A little bit slow, but yeah. And then when I do say that, I notice a silence like all of you are there, a penny waiting for change. Made about as much sense as a one-legged <laughs> fireman kicking down a screen door in a submarine, but that's another story. So go ahead. <laughs> that that is absolutely another story. And listen, and now that we got you on a roll, I'm gonna go ahead and jump in first, Josie. I know you were ready to go, but mm-hmm. Barry, you know, we do our research here on the show, and, and obviously, we, you know, we have the the great pleasure of having so many wonderful guests on. Uh, believe mm-hmm. it or not, earlier on, uh, unprompted, uh, the 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 fantastic, always highly respected Dwayne Gill was actually just checking us out and tuning into the show just to enjoy the shenanigans that we do here on the Russell Talk Podcast. But speaking of shenanigans, and I know you and I talked about this, there was a so-called musician by the name of Action Brunson uh, decided mm-hmm. to put out a song, by the, mm-hmm. by the, and he named this song Barry Horowitz. Now, I listened to the song okay. a few times. It didn't sound like he said anything particularly disrespectful. There was a line in there about, mm-hmm. I've got so much charisma, I pat myself out on the back. So it sounds mm-hmm. somewhat complimentary. But you, Barry Horowitz, don't take it as a compliment. Can you tell the listeners of the Rest of the Talk podcast exactly how you feel about it? Well, first of all, I don't have all night to talk about that, you know, uh, gibberish. i got bigger fish to fry. First and foremost, Wrong Wayne Gill is, is much more relevant and saying, I, lo- I love Dwayne Gill. He's a great guy. He's a good wrestler, and he's just a, he's a he's a great comrade. Now, getting back to uh, Jabroni there, uh, Bronson, oh whatever his name is, that's how relevant he is. Uh, I, I've got I've got I've got like I said I got bigger fish to fry. I'm not going to put this guy over with 
verbal abuse or kind abuse. So we can move on to something more important. Well, well, absolutely. And there's a lot of other things that we uh, we can discuss tonight. Well, I will say this is, ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to use the name of somebody like Barry Horowitz, be a man. Be respectful. Mm-hmm. Reach out mm-hmm. and ask for permission. What in the world is wrong with you? You think you just take yep. a man's name who spent 15 to 20 years yeah. building his career and just throw it on I... one of your songs and think you're going to get over that way? Shame on you. If Barry Horowitz won't shame you, I will, damn it. And we got hey, to I... to do it because we've been doing work for a long time here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. If you want to use the man's name, show a little bit of respect and reach out to him. Because you know what? When it comes to legends, when it comes to people that are well-known in the pro wrestling business, there are guys that are going to be respected by everybody who's ever even been a fan. And Barry Horowitz is one of those guys. And you know who else is one of those guys? Barry, the late great, and I can't believe I'm saying that, Harley Race. We talk about switching gears abruptly here. You know and I know that we lost him just a couple of days ago. Barry, I know you were around and you had an opportunity to share a locker room with Harley Race. Can you do us the honor and tell us maybe a little bit about your experience with him and uh, what your thoughts on are on him overall? Oh, yeah. Uh, before we you switch gears on me so quick, I, I don't even know what lane I'm in right now, but getting back to, to the jabroni there, I got more shower time than he's got lifetime. So I just wanted to put that out there <laughs> as far as a respect factor and, and who's got time and who's more relevant. Okay, now we could sling that over to the gutter where it belongs. Now, let's get into important things. Rest in peace, Harley Race. What a fantastic professional wrestler. I was dwelling on it today after we spoke. And this is how I look at it, summing him up as the total package, the real total package. First of all, his look, his demeanor, his intense promos, his verbiage, his power, how he commanded the interviews, shoot style. His work in, in, in the, inside the ring was phenomenal. The, the vertical suplex, which everybody just uses for a high spot, he made it mean something. The top, that off the top headbutt, off the top rope headbutt, headbutts just in general. His, car, his hardcore nature, his technical wrestling. When I was a kid, I was watching him in Florida, and my biggest thing capturing him was that red, white, and blue robe. When he came out with that, I go, oh, my God, the world champion is really here. When they did it years ago, and in my mind, when it comes to the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, this is what comes to my mind, and I'm not dissing anybody. Har- not in this order. Harley Race, Dory Funk Jr., Terry Funk, Ric Flair, Jack Briscoe. There's the NWA champions. Class act. All technical sound. All great professional wrestlers. And like I said, when Harley came out, people were legitimately scared. I mean, this is a legit tough guy. Uh, I never, I haven't been around him uh, as much as a lot of other guys. I think when he was in the WWF, he, he used to travel with Dynamite Kid. I think they got along real good. Otherwise, I think he drove alone. And he's kind of a quiet guy. And um, the only things that come to my mind is stories is, one, don't quote me on this, but I think he was in a horrific car wreck when he was like 16 and survived. 
I'm not sure about that, and I think he even started as a pro when he was 16 or 17. Now, the shoot story, because I was involved in this, was really cool. I started in, not started in, but one of my first territories was Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling uh, Crockett Promotions back in 82-83, the likes of uh, Ricky Steamboat, Jay Youngblood, Mike Rotundo, One Man Gang, Bob Orton Jr., Ric Flair, Wahoo McDaniels, Sandy Scott, uh, of course, uh, the Crockett promotion itself, uh, Jimmy Crockett, Jackie Crockett, David Crockett. I mean, this was a hoo-hoo. I mean, Sonny Fargo was the ref, uh, Boogie Woogie Man, Rufus R. Jones. This was the mecca of, uh, I mean, one of them anyway. You know, you had Florida Championship Wrestling, and, of course, you had the WWF back then. But anyway, afterwards, a lot of times, it didn't happen always, but I was riding with Mike Rotundo. And after the matches, we all met in this parking lot. Like it was a parking lot like you would see a Walmart or a Home Depot, but off to the side where, you know, nobody's going to get in trouble or anything. This is back in the 80s, and... There was a bunch of cars there, and I guess, I don't know, we're just all talking and just like a miniature party. I don't know if they did it always. I think I was only at one or two of them or something. I don't know if they were drinking beer or whatever. At the time, I, I didn't drink at all. I still, I'm still straight edge just about. And um, uh, so I remember this. Mike Rotundo is like, you know, we're about, I don't know, it's about the same amount of years as being in the business. Um I'm not exactly sure, but I, I traveled with him and respected him and whatnot. And um, he's introducing me to Harley Race. I've never met him in my life. And he tells me, hey, go shake Harley's hand. And as he does, he's winking. And I don't put the rib over because I'm a greenhorn. I'm a rookie, so I just go with the rib. I could see him whisper something, and then he winks. I go, oh, boy, okay. I'll tell you what. I shook Harley Race's hand. It was like... My hand was in a vice grip, but I didn't put it over. I mean, basically almost crushed my hand, not trying to hurt me or anything, just telling me that he's there. So that was that was my my claim to fame Harley race story um, that and otherwise in the locker room, like I said, I, I said hello to him. He's pretty quiet. I think he talked to Andre a lot. And like I said, um, uh, Dynamite Kid and. I don't know about this story, so don't quote me on this either. I don't think Harley was very happy when Jerry the King Lawler was there because in Harley Race's mind, he was king of the ring. So I don't think he liked that there was another king. I, I heard that story. I don't know how true it is. But think about it, too. I, I kind of could, uh, could believe that story. You know, coming from, you know, tough background of Harley, and then you got Jerry Lawler. You know, nothing against either one of them, but uh, I did hear that story. And when you hear it two or three times in the wrestling business, you know, telephone, telegraph, tell a wrestler, where there's smoke, there's fire. So, that is that. Um, as far as Harley Race, and in, in, in just, he's just a, a machine. I mean, everything was slow and methodical. It was solid. It was there, and I heard – I'm sorry I didn't remember the gentleman's name that he put over the innovative uh, moves that Harley made. He did not mention this one, 
and it was that short punch. It was that headlock punch, and Harley started that, and then the second one who did it to perfection is Bob Orton Jr., I don't know if you guys remember that. It'll put you in a headlock and that short punch right to the bridge of the nose. So, that is all my Harley Race stories. Wow. Well, well, Joe, I'll let you jump in here, man. You know I got a ton of questions and stuff, man. Just listening to Barry talk, man. I'm getting excited, but I want to contain myself a little bit. Uh, Jonesy, what do you you got on deck for Barry Horowitz tonight? Absolutely. So, I want to start at the uh, beginning. Uh, You were trained by Boris Malenko, who happens to be the, the, the father of, of Dean Malenko. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so you you debuted in 1979 mm-hmm. on the Florida Independent Circuit. What was mm-hmm. it like being trained by Boris uh, uh, Malenko, sir? Absolutely excellent. I mean, the way I see products are being trained now, nothing against anybody. I mean, there's a lot of good, and there's a lot of so good. I mean, so-so. I'm grateful that I've met him, I was introduced to him, and I was brought up and broken in the closest you can to Japanese style as as far as, you know, being a young boy in all Japan wrestling and and starting from the bottom. I mean, just, I, I wouldn't want it any other way. You know, like the song goes by Garth Brooks, "The Dance." If you couldn't have mm-hmm. the dance, you wouldn't have nothing. You gotta have the da- you gotta and the Miley Cyrus song. Uh, um, every uh, climb the mountain. I forgot what. Yeah. The, I'm getting it confused, but uh, something about every mountain. Anyway, bottom line is you gotta start from the bottom, pay your dues, and climb, and then you get to the dance. You don't get put in the dance after you get broken in on Monday. Wednesday, you're the Southern Heavyweight Champion or what have you. It doesn't work that way. And if it does, you're looking for a ticking time bomb because it's not going to happen. It's not going to work well. But as far as Professor Boris Malenko, the best. His son's the best. I mean, A to Z, everything was taught. Basically, we're building a house, and he built my foundation. The rest of the house mm-hmm. got built from traveling, getting polished, and being around all the gentlemen I've, all the great gentlemen I've uh, named. And you, you're, you're sitting in the rent a car, you're on the planes, you listen, you shut your mouth, and absorb like a sponge. And before I forget anything, the closest promos I could get to Harley Race's verbiage and intensity is Triple A Arn Anderson, Double A Arn Anderson. Very, very similar, if you listen to their promos. Yeah. I don't think that's copied, but I like I like both. I mean, there's a lot of good promos. I mean, as far as flamboyant and outrageous, The Rock is the best, in my opinion. Secondly, would be probably Ric Flair. And then there's others. There's Hulk Hogan. There, there's a bunch of people, I mean, but, you know, they're... They're they're up there. I like the intense ones, and I did like Harley's promos, and I loved uh, Arn Anderson's promos too. Let, Jonesy, Absolutely. let me jump in real quick. And, and Jonesy, I know you have another question, but as you know, here on the Wrestle Talk podcast, we're here to serve the listeners, the fans of professional wrestling, uh, ahead of anything else. So, Barry, we have a longtime fan who mm-hmm. uh, currently resides now in the Midwest, but is originally from South Philadelphia. Are you okay with us taking a caller tonight? Of course, yes, of course. Absolutely. And you guys know Barry Horowitz loves to hear from his fans. 
So, oh, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, South Philly's own Sonny Muddy Mayo is on the line. Muddy, you're live with Barry Horowitz, man. What are your thoughts or questions tonight? Hey, Wrestle Talk Podcast. Thanks, thanks, guys, for having me on. I've enjoyed this show so far. As usual, I always look forward to the show every Wednesday, and and I'm real excited every week. Mr. Horowitz, it is an honor to be on the line with you, sir. Uh, growing up out in the Northeast in the mid-'90s, I caught you a lot on WWF-TV, and growing up and being a wrestling historian, I know all about your your history starting in 79 down in Florida. I actually have a two-part question for you tonight. Uh, the first one, I wanted to know, how was it working with Chris Candino, who was working under the moniker Skit? How was that working with him at SummerSlam? That's a, that's a match I definitely enjoy. I think it's an underrated match. I think it's one of your top matches. If anybody would ask me about Barry Horowitz, that'd be a match I would definitely turn on. I just want to get your thoughts on how was it working with Chris Candino? Uh, I know he recently passed away within the past couple of years. I was a big fan of his work. And then the second part and the second question I have for you, and I'll take it off the air from here, mm-hmm. is since you were in the WWF in the mid-'90s and you hear about it from numerous wrestlers and managers and referees and whatnot, did you have any experiences with the click or did you have any – problems with the click or did you see any politics or any type of stories or anecdotes that maybe dealt with Shawn Michaels or Nash or Hall or Waltman or Triple H around that time I'm going to take it off there I'm going to listen from here thank you again Mr. Horowitz oh thank you okay that was great those two questions you know uh, first of all, Philly is fantastic. Um, I think everybody in Philly, when I walk down the aisle of the Philadelphia iconic spectrum where they filmed Rocky One and Two, I think they hated me. Hated me my guts. I think between the <laughs> spectrum and the Boston Gardens and Madison Square Garden, they just didn't like this Jewish wrestler. I don't get it. I just don't get it. But anyway, Adam you know, Sandler you could... gets over, but not Barry Horowitz. What yeah. the hell is wrong with people? Yes, and that was a great question for, from the fan. Uh, I'm sorry, his first name again. I'm sorry. Uh, Sonny, Sonny Money. Sonny, that was it. How could I forget Sonny? Okay, Sonny, that was. Th- those are two. I'm going to answer those uh, uh, entirely. And remember, Sonny, you could tell a guy from South Philly, but you can't tell him much. But anyway, we'll go on to something <laughs> else there. <laughs> Boom! Hey, I'm here all week. Anyway, um, wrestling Chris Candido. One word. Excellent. Night off. Phenomenal. That's three words. But anyway, um, no, he was just fantastic, great athlete, great wrestler, just everything. Flawless. I, I, I looked forward to it. It was, it was phenomenal. And um, his second part of his question was, as far as the click and so forth, uh, that's the second time that's been brought up in the last year. I, have, I don't know what, what that's about. I don't know if somebody's spreading rumors. And remember, I told you where there's smoke, there's fire, but not in this uh, instance because this is only the second time I've heard of it, and not as detailed as the first time. But I know Kevin Nash very well, excellent. Scott Hall, uh, Sean Waltman, I met him in Global Wrestling when he was Lightning Kid. Sean Michaels, I know, oh, my God. I remember when me and Chick Donovan were the Southern Heavyweight Champions in uh, Jerry Jarrett's promotion, uh, Mid-South, and um, we were the tag champions, and we went against the Midnight Rockers at the famous 
famous Memphis Coliseum. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, it was belt against belt. It was really cool. That's the first time I think I met Sean and Marty. And um, uh, that's the first time I met him and first time I wrestled him. Yeah. And that was, I think, 87. Pretty sure. 87. Yeah. So, no, I don't know anything, any issues about the click or I've never really had too many issues with anybody. I mean, if people are talking or doing this or doing I don't have time for that. I was see, I treated this is how I look at it. And you could people could be listening, fans could be listening, marks could be listening, some of the guys could be listening. I don't care, but I'm being honest here. I don't look at it I mean, it's sports entertainment, we all know that. But I treated my position like I did in high school and college when I was on the wrestling team, like a shoot. Only you got to ease up. So you prepare properly. You're not out drinking all night. You know, you got to be stretching. You got to be warming up before that match. You treat it like a shoot. And it worked for me. You go over your match, you go over your promos. Everything has got to be on a scale of 1 to 10, a 15. Intensity, everything. You can't, like Bob Backlund says, you can't be too nervous, but you can't be under nervous. You got to be right in the middle and try to be right in the middle. You got to work your ass off to do that because it's easy to be over nervous or under nervous, but to keep it controlled in our profession, yeah, good luck on everybody that could do it in the medium. So that's how I look at that. That was my formula. I love that. So I didn't have time for the ribs or the ha-ha and the gaga. I mean, I'll joke around and, and stuff like that. There's nothing wrong with that. But as far as uh, destructive of property and, and too too much, I mean, you know, go go join the carnival or something, you know, down in uh, South Tennessee <laughs> or whatever. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I don't have, time. I don't have you know, you know. It's, you know. Well, well, Barry, I, I want to jump in and say this. Uh, I know that you got the utmost respect for the business, and I know we're all on the uh, Barry Horowitz in the Hall of Fame uh, bandwagon uh, because I know that it's going to all be happening down in Tampa, which is your hometown. Oh, so yeah. I would say that everybody <laughs> needs to jump on the Barry Horowitz for the WWE Hall of Fame bandwagon <laughs> right away because there's still time. Okay? It's only you know- SummerSlam, guys. We got a long way till Mania, but Barry, I know you got some thoughts on that because I think you deserve it, man. You're you're one of those well, guys. Uh, well, like you heard one of the, the the talent earlier say it. You're building houses. You're getting the job done. You're doing the carpentry, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. uh, one of the most important elements of the business. But when you you have the longevity you had over several different companies, NWA, WCW, WWF, mm-hmm. that's got to be respected. But I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think every company but ECW, because I knew how to wrestle. But anyway, that's another story. Um, <laughs> hey, um, the, hey, the South Philly guy won't like to hear you say that. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> he's not going to be happy about I hope he's my new ex-best friend. But anyway. Um, <laughs> <He> might be. <laughs> um, what were we saying now? You got me. You got me all perplexed there. Too many chair shots. No, yeah, no. Well, I've heard that. I've heard that before. And, and I'll tell you what, man. I, I know it's exciting, right? Like we have the opportunity to talk and, and go down memory lane like this. Mm-hmm. And when I stop and think, I, I look over to my partner, Nightmare oh. Jones, and I know that he had at least one or two more questions for you okay. uh, before wanna... we start heading towards mm-hmm. the end of this interview. Jones, sure. you, you want to jump back in here? What any thoughts you hey, might have had, man? Could I just 
Could I just jump in there one second? I'm sorry. As far as the Hall yeah, of go Fame ahead, goes, I'm sorry. I got all I'm, – I'm thinking 50 things at one time. As far as the Hall of Fame, I don't know if anybody went to my Facebook, but I've been inducted next July into the New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. In um, That's in Warwick, Rhode Island. That will be happening on a Friday night. Uh, and then there's going to be a big WrestleCon Saturday. This is all happening, if I'm not mistaken, July 27th. You could go to my Facebook. That is awesome. Yeah, and I was, uh, it was pretty cool because there's three. The main one was in New York, and it was moved to Texas. Second would probably be WWE. This would be third. Now, as far as, and I'm not crying here or anything, but as far as, do you know how many, if, if, if I had a dime for everybody that has told me, you know, you should be in the Hall of Fame. They should have gave you a bigger push. You should have did this. You should have did that. And then when I go to these, we agree, um, Barry. When Barry, I go to these, that's why when we I, reached out. We, we oh are no, no, that's what I'm saying. Feel the same way. When I go to these indie shows, and or even current, uh, different. It's always all my life, as far as the pro wrestling goes, always had to prove myself. Oh, I didn't know you. Knew how to do that Russian leg sweep or a Northern Light super. I didn't know that. I didn't know you were good on the mic. And it's almost like you, I have to prove myself to this day because I am pursuing a coaching job. With uh, I would love to be working at the PC for the WWE. And I would just talk. I would just. It's all about teaching how I was taught by the great Malenko. And uh, it's always. Well, shit, if, they, if it's, they let Danny Cage in, ladies and gentlemen, if they let Danny Cage in there. They should. I mean, come Wait, on. <laughs> and he's a former you, guest of the show. We love Danny, but if he's in there coaching, why the hell isn't Barry Horowitz? God damn it. Who, who is it now? Danny Cage, the guy that runs the Monster Factory. Good guy. I don't. He's a nice I don't guy. know he's him. A friend of the show. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't know him. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I, I don't know him. And almost everybody knows everybody in the pro wrestling ranks. And uh, I just, I just don't know. Maybe if I saw him, I probably would. But. What I'm getting at is it's 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 always it's and I'm a I'm a I'm passionate for this I'm a pursuer so I will pursue but it's just amazing I'm going well maybe it's just in my mind or this or that but when you hear constantly not only just from fans or people in the business or people that are legit or people that have been around and are not under contracts that are free to say anything they want now and then they'll speak the truth. It's 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 like it's almost mind boggling, but I I don't let it get to me. But I like I said, my famous line would her smoke. There's fire, and there's a lot of smoke and fire when it comes up to bringing me as far as coaching and as far as my abilities and whatnot. Maybe maybe if I was a goofball and maybe got on the gas and maybe didn't watch my diet and maybe showed up late for my matches and had crappy matches, next day I'd be world champion. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I can't so do that great. though. I just can't I, do I love it. That sarcasm, dude. I can't That's do it. Fantastic. I can't do it. You're not that guy. No, right. I'm not that guy and I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna you know well, I, I got along Barry Horowitz's name, the pat on the uh, pat on the back. I did all of that myself, everything. 
I'm nobody's favorite. I'm nobody's as far as uh, son in the business or or anything like that. I did all it hard work, and and I'm grateful for the push I got and different things I did. I did them on my my own. At least, like Arn Anderson says, when you walk through the airport, they may not know who you are, but they know you're somebody. Think about well, that. Wow, that's And you know what? Despite what everyone says, you made it to the big show. Uh, yep. 99.9% of guys never made it to the big show. Nope. You did, and I'll mm-hmm. tell you what, Barry, you're number one in our hearts right here on the Wrestle Talk. Oh, podcast I appreciate it. And we, we always love the work that you do, and, and we're more than willing to, to spread the word that I think that the recognition should absolutely be there. I, I got guys that are checking in right now from Columbus Park that are saying that Barry Horowitz is a, mm-hmm. a low-key legend, and I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, let, You know what I mean? Let's do our part and make sure that people – are made aware of that. I had one last thing I wanted to ask you about uh, before mm-hmm. we close out uh, today's show with the uh, Russell Talk Podcast Game Show Challenges. I, mm-hmm. I went back and did my research, like we try to do here on the Russell Talk Podcast, and mm-hmm. I saw that you actually did kind of get a, a really um, meaningful match uh, somewhere along your career. And I saw it uh, during yeah. a, a Monday Night Raw back in the early 90s, and yeah. it was uh, against a, a young up-and-coming, just-developing mankind, a.k.a. Mick Foley. So you were able to face him before he got thrown off the cage, before that Envy Arena match with The Rock. I'm curious, you got to work with the man himself, and and I know you probably uh, would reminisce about this yourself because Mick Foley's such a legend. Did Mm -hmm. you enjoy the opportunity? Did you see the potential as one of his opponents for him to become a guy that ended up becoming – kind of a legend of the game with some of the stuff that, that we all know Mick Foley has done. What was that experience, and did uh-huh. you take anything away from it? Yeah, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. That was That's something different. I appreciate that. Um, Mick Foley, believe it or not, um, I knew of him as Cactus Jack in Japan and the hardcore legend that he is and still is. And um, when when they made him Mankind – I didn't know how, where that was going. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't think it would go that far. I mean, you know, buried alive matches, the the fall off the cage. Uh, he's hosted many shows outside the wrestling circuit and used his platform properly. He's a great guy. Um, everything about him uh, was, you know, just awesome. I, I, lo- I loved working with him. I will tell you a mini story, and it was in, I think, Montgomery, Alabama for WCW. I think this was back when, yeah, when Ole Anderson was booking the territory. And we were sitting out there. I think we went through catering. We were sitting at a table or something, just talking. And he was there, and he was bummed out a little bit. And let's see. He goes, well, I don't think I'm going to be here that long. I'll probably be gone in two weeks. I said, what do you mean? What do you, I, I forgot what I, I don't know if I called him Mike or Mick or cactus or something i i go what do you mean what, what's a yeah Ole doesn't Ole doesn't like hardcore he doesn't like wrestlers he likes guys like you and the armstrongs tracy smothers the steiners he says uh uh-uh. and sure enough two weeks later he was gone wow. now that's amazing back then that's like michael see, back... jordan that's like michael jordan getting cut from his high school team you know well, what i mean gotta, like when you, you gotta understand it's kind of the right? same thing you got to understand, back in uh, late 80s, 90s, 
it was more wrestling, technical wrestling. It wasn't the hardcore. Hardcore had a par, uh, place for an ECW and your your lower end um, uh, Japanese um, companies. You know, New Japan and All Japan, which is the tops, they're not involved in stuff like that um, to, to that extent. And uh, so that's why. And Ole's an old school uh, booker and, you know, and a wrestler. I emphasize wrestler. That's what it says on the marquee outside the Madison Square Garden wrestling tonight. Um, so that's what that's what I think transpired there. But what I'm getting at is I've seen this even in country music, football, soccer, whatever. You could be you may you may not fit in there, but you know how many you know how many people in Nashville turned down Garth Brooks, Alan Jackson. Like basically said, get out. You Garth Brooks went to Nashville for two days and went flew back to Oklahoma. Now he's probably close to a billionaire. Alan Jackson, the same thing. It's amazing who's going to really listen to you, who you're going to turn on, who's going to like you, who you're going to fit in. Because really, if you're crap, I mean, they'll still you could get somewhere in some kind of genre sport or something, but not to the extent of what you want. And for what you want, you got to have all the facets. You got to have all the abilities, the athletic ability, the promos, everything. So that's my thought on that. I just wanted to tell you that. <laughs> I don't want to speak. <laughs> well, speak. No, I, damn right. Well, that's what this podcast's about: talking and getting it off your chest. Josie, hey. any uh, thoughts for Mary Horowitz before we get into the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge? Man, bring it. Oh man, this is this has been a a absolute awesome interview, and you know we've we've got to have you back on here again sometime because we've just hit the tip of, of the iceberg. Oh yeah, like that's true. There's so there's so much stuff that that we could talk about. You know, you being managed by uh, Percy Pringle and Oliver mm-hmm. Humperdinck and your yep. your mm-hmm. tag team with the uh, uh, Brooklyn Baller, and you know so much that we could talk about. Oh God, yeah, so, Jonesy, I got I got to ask you a quick question. Yeah, where are you from? I am from West Virginia. Okay, I I really thought you had like an Australian or English accent. That's where I <laughs> thought you were going to tell me you were from. Sorry, so no, nope. so. nope. So you're from West Virginia. What part? Yeah, uh, I am from. Uh, I'm about an hour away from Washington D.C. I live near Harper's Ferry. Okay, if you know that, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I I know West Virginia and just different Beckley and and so forth wrestled there for Mm -hmm. NWA and WCW. So it's really nice out there, and they got good country music. (laughs) Yeah, Brad Paisley's from there. Oh, by the way, Josie, I know you don't like to pat yourself on the back, pun intended. (laughs) <laughs> Better not. Uh, that's gi- hey, that's gimmick infringement. Hey, I'm sorry, Barry. Hey, it's out of respect. I swear. I swear. No, uh, Jonesy's actually a very successful professional wrestling referee in that area as well, Joe. I know you're very modest, uh, but oh. Joe's been putting in his miles as well. So I know Barry, you can respect that as a as a fellow worker and a guy that oh, know, yeah. put the miles in during his yeah. career. So don't don't let Jonesy fool you. He's he's on his game 24 seven. Well, I'll tell you, you know, I'll tell you something, Renee. Um, you know, you could when, when when I see 
let's just say uh, a single match. You have two participants. It really takes three. You could get all that heat. You could get all this babyface comeback. You don't have the referee that's proper or counts proper or does things not cartoonish but shoot style. You're going to have a crappy match. I mean, it, they, the people nowadays are smart. I mean, it takes three to have a good match. It takes five to have a good tag team match, and so on. You've got to have a good, good ref. Absolutely. That's a fact. I, I cannot agree more. Mm-hmm. So. All right, well, I'll say this. After that kumbaya moment, I want to go <laughs> ahead and beckon. <laughs> I, I want to <laughs> go ahead and beckon. Uh, to the competitive nature of Barry Horowitz. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been an absolutely phenomenal episode, but it can't last forever. So we're going to close tonight out in spectacular mm-hmm. fashion in tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Barry Horowitz, myself, the Night Owl, versus you, sir, the legend, the well respected, hardworking individual from Tampa, Florida. In tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge, the question is, sir, are you ready to tango? Yes, I am. But before we get to that, could I just uh, interject one little thing? Well, two little things. Sure. Uh, two, is that two, all right? If you'd okay. like, I'll charge for the third. Okay. First of all, it's St. Petersburg. St. <laughs> Petersburg, Florida, not Tampa, Florida. That's number one, where I'm from. Dang it. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, and secondly, uh, I just wanted to send from my family. My I don't want to get on my soapbox here. The thoughts and prayers to the people in Ohio and Texas. It's just it's it's asinine. It's ridiculous, and I don't want to go on and on about that. But I just feel bad. It's just it's senseless. That's the word. And also, I want to also say a big R.I.P. Since this is coming from Kansas City, the iconic building that Owen Hart died at, that I've wrestled at, that I've been at many times, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, I actually forgot the name of the building. I know it's in Kansas City. Kemper, we got you Kemper Barry, Arena. We pick each other up, right? We're, we're in the ring Thanks. together right now. We're tangling. Yep. So yep. it's Kemper, Kemper Arena. Arena. Yeah, I just wanted to right. interject those, those two things and also... My thoughts and prayers are also with Harley Race, and like I said, what a great man, great, great wrestler. And also, real quick, if you just, um, anytime you're looking for my schedule, what have you, my Facebook is there. You can go to www.com uh, and also barryharwitz.com, YouTube, and also mrtechnical.info. Okay, I just wanted to get all that in. I got some upcoming events, mostly right now, until my knee heals, I had a... Just um, working out in the ring and also some heavy squats have damaged my knee a little bit. So right now, it'll mostly be meet and greets. And But I could still teach and hands-on as far as any aspect of the the game of pro wrestling. So go ahead. I just wanted to get that in, and then we, we do all your stuff since you took most of the show off me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, everyone's trying to get over these days, Barry. It's never, it hasn't changed since you were getting your uh, getting your wheels uh, uh, oiled and waxed and lubed up back in the day. I'll tell mm-hmm. you what, man. Uh, what what ultimately comes to mind to me is mm-hmm. how fantastic it is that you're back. Um, mm-hmm. let, let's peel the curtain back 100. percent 
you mm-hmm. you haven't been on the scene for a whole lot, you know, and you're back and you're, you're sharing your story, man, and people oh, are yeah. loving it. Yeah. And, and, and you're out there offering your services, your knowledge, your wisdom that you gained through many, many hard years of, of work in the professional wrestling business, man, and your contributions aren't lost on us. That's why we created the show because we're like, yo, there's so much cool stuff in wrestling mm-hmm. that people don't talk about. We need mm-hmm. to bring it to light. Getting Barry Horowitz on the line for, mm-hmm. for 45 to 50 minutes is it, like the greatest thing for us, man. So it, it's a privilege and it's an honor. And all no, this I appreciate it. Inside, it's, all, it's all fun, man, and we appreciate you. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. No, I appreciate us, you know? guys. Are we live? Absolutely, 100%. Yes. Live and in color. Absolutely, it's man. Good. That's how we do business here. Uh, on the Wrestle Talk podcast, our following like that. Uh, continues to show us that we're doing the right thing. And you saw we, we brought the snippets truth. We brought the positivity, trying to uplift mm-hmm. people, man. That That's what we do here on the show. And we, we sure. like to do it all while we're having a good time, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. Well, all all that said, Barry, yes. you've got your stuff in. Now it's time to go fist the cup. Enter Timmy, hit the music. It's time for tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk podcast game show challenge. Okay. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's installment of the world famous WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contest is scheduled for the best. Two out of three falls, our contestants are the night owl, Renee Martinez, and Barry Horowitz. In a few moments, I will ask you three questions about a particular professional wrestling topic. Whenever you think you know the answer, just shout out your answer. The first person to win two falls will win tonight's game show challenge. Tonight's category is SummerSlam Main Eventers. I will give you background information on three individuals who have appealed in the main event of SummerSlam. When you think you know who I'm talking about, just shout out your answer. The first person to win two falls will win tonight's contest. So it's pretty simple. I'll give you a couple of clues. You shout out your answers. Whoever gets it right gets a point. Hmm. Whoever gets okay. two points, win. Two questions before we start. What okay. am I winning? What am I winning? And it better not be a box of popcorn. That's number one. Number two, what in the hell is a night owl? Well, what you win is if if you win, you get your own personal song played. Uh, it's 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 a, a, a <laughs> song that we we play if you win. And as okay. for the night owl, that yep. is Renee's. Uh, 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 nickname. Uh, Renee, nickname. why don't you, you, you tell the fans how you came up with the name Night Owl? You want, you want me to give you an explanation about my nickname? Yeah, sure. Tell you something. I don't know you or Barry Horowitz an explanation. I didn't give myself a nickname, Chico. It was given to me in my upbringing down in the 561. That's right. Palm Beach County's own Renee Martinez, the baddest Chico on the block since 1984. Barry Horowitz, I don't care what you've done inside the square circle, amigo. Tonight, you're losing. So you better put your thinking cap on because it's two out of three falls, 
And as soon as this first question comes up, you're done for, amigo. Done. Um, okay. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I, I, I don't remember my name being Amigo. I remember Mr. Technical. That's my uh, te- that that's my that's my nickname, and I've earned it. Night Owl, good luck with earning that. But Mr. Technical, uh, you're getting yours tonight, Barry. You're getting it. Uh, all, right. <laughs> all right, I'm ready. Question question number one. Yes. In 2005, this this 2005 WWE Hall of Famer. Competed in three of the first four main events in SummerSlam history, all of which were tag team matches. He teamed with Randy Savage in 1988, Brutus Beefcake in 1989, and the Ultimate Warrior in 1991. Let me tell you something, brother. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan is correct, Barry Corbin. All right, question number two. Yes. In 1992, SummerSlam was held outside of the United States. In the main event, the WWF Intercontinental Championship was featured. Who defeated Bret the Hitman Hart at Wembley Stadium? Yokozuna. No. Davey Boy Smith. Davey Boy Smith. Smith is correct. Night Owl. The, uh, Barry Horowitz has gotten two points tonight. Al's zero points. Okay, this this is it. Barry Horowitz has already won, but this is if of course Barry I have. Next, then he has swept the night owl. Okay, question number three. At SummerSlam 1994, this wrestler was managed by Ted DiBiase and co- competed against. This wrestler that was managed by Paul Bailer. Who was managed Undertaker. by Paul Bailer? Undertaker is correct. Yep, the I didn't get has that. Gotten, but, unfortunately, Barry Horowitz has won. So, what we do is, if we can Night get it. his... Mm-hmm. Go, go ahead, Barry. No, no, I was just saying... This is not fair. Well, I, I, I won legitimately, but you know you guys are in a room full of computers and uh, Google, and I guarantee you he had them all Googled already and maybe even knew them beforehand. I think this was a big work. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No way. You know what, Barry Horowitz? I'm going to tell you something. I'll admit to a lot of things. Okay, maybe I don't always wipe with the wet towel. Sometimes I just use the right one, the, the dry one. Maybe I will be the one that eats the last piece of pie and leave the empty container inside your refrigerator. But I'm not mm-hmm. featuring one of the challenges. You won, but I demand a rematch, sir. I want you back here on the Rest of Talk podcast before the end of the year for round two against the night out. You hear me, Defi- Chico? It's definitely happened there, amigo. <laughs> there you Let's go. Make it happen. St. Uh, Petersburg. Very own Barry Horowitz. Barry, I think there's some music that's coming your way. Hit me with some country stuff, Nightmare Jones, because Barry Horowitz deserves it. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear some music in celebration of this huge victory. There we go. Yeah. 
yard line. You were always a perfect one and a valedictorian. So under your number, I wrote call for a good time. I only wanted to get your attention, but you overlooked me somehow. Besides, you had too many boyfriends to mention, and I played my guitar too loud. I'm ready for the rematch. I'm ready to come back. I'm ready to heal on people. I'm ready to cut promos on people. I'm ready to call you the Frito Bandito. I'm ready for anything. <laughs> the Frito Bandito. I like that. Yes, amigo. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Well, you know what, guys? God bless America. I feel like my, my home state of Florida is in good hands with Barry Horowitz down there. St. Petersburg's own, ladies and gentlemen. Don't let me get it twisted tonight. Yeah, That's really. A wonderful time. Mary, one more time, drop the social media, man, so we can close out this episode of the Wrestling sure, Talk sure. Podcast. Yeah, just uh, my Facebook, uh, BarryHorowitz.com, uh, WWE.com. There's some uh, Where Are They Now segments on me. Uh, also, I, I think if you, you know, the search engine, just type in my name and YouTube comes up. Uh, actually, if you go to YouTube now, uh, I was involved in a match uh, two Saturday night, two weeks ago, South Bend, Indiana, the final count, uh, um, Clash, I think the name of the show was, um, it was Final Count, Clash, something. I'm not sure if South Bend, Indiana, uh, the show has been held outside in a stadium, a beautiful stadium, uh, baseball stadium for 20 years, I was on their first show and I defeated um, Steve Regal of the AWA for the junior light heavyweight title. And then I came back for the second one. And then I wasn't involved in the rest of them, and I came back for their last show. So it was pretty cool. It's a, it's a quick match, but I was involved in it, and it's a third match in. And it was really a good time, and people could check that out. So basically is, is really is what's cool about I've noticed if you just type my name in, it goes to so many other things, and you could – Find me. I think the only thing you really have to get technical with, pardon the pun, but is the um, Facebook, and that's it. And that's Facebook, that has that's all. Easy. It has different easy little uh, listings and so forth. That's yeah, it. Absolutely, you got great content dropping on a regular uh, basis on the page. Joe, please say good night, man. We got to close out the show. But of course, it was an honor and a pleasure to have all the wonderful guests on tonight's show, but especially Barry Horowitz, Jonesy. Oh, man, this has been an absolute uh, pleasure. Please do not be a stranger. We have to have you back on to the uh, podcast. And thank you for taking time out of your uh, busy schedule, sir. Oh, I appreciate it very much, guys. It was it was fun. It was enlightening. You guys got a great show, good fan base. Um, yeah, the call-ins were fantastic. Um I don't know who the gentleman was that called in. He was a he was a wrestler. I'm sorry, it wasn't the tag team. It was the other guy cussing a lot? I forgot what his name was. Um, yeah, uh, Remy, Remy Ricks. What is it, Remy? <laughs> Re- what what was it, Remy? Remy Ricks. Remy. Remy, Remy like Remy, like Remy Martin. Remy, like Remy, the guy that was in um, the Queen movie. Yes. Remy. 
Yeah. Jack, right? Yeah. Same name. Same name. Okay. <laughs> Listen. No, I didn't mean it like that. I just, I just, uh, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. I, I love that movie. But anyway, um, Remy. Yeah. I was, as we were talking, this is very important and imperative. Listen to this. As we were talking, I Googled his name and watched his matches. And I did notice one thing. Just one thing. That's it. I noticed everything. I saw some promos. I saw his work, his bumps. Everything was flawless. There's only two things Remy can't do in the wrestling business, though. Do you want to know what it is? What, what's that, Barry? What's that? Heel and baby face. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> well, I think there's no better way to close it out. God bless America, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 258 is in the books. All available to you absolutely free, free of charge at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. But if you're not a crumb bum, then go check us out. WrestleTalk Podcast mugs available right now on the website as well. Uh, Customized, sent to your house, $20 plus shipping. We love you guys. Hit the music enter, Timmy. We're out of here. Everybody have a great night. We will see you guys next week, Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Again, at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. All right. It's been an awesome show. Yeah, we're checking this out. Mm. Under your number, I wrote call for 